Sunday football fashion. This is the third and three podcast. My name is Jason Fearman, alongside my partners and friends, Tricky Nikki Gist and the real deal, Damian Adams. Third and three is brought to you by Anchor Radio and presented by the Sports Column. If you aspire to be a sports writer, go to the sportscall.com. That's the sports call, C O L at the end, and submit your article, man. Don't let your talents go unseen. And right your way into the Hall of Freaking Fame, baby. A great NFL weekend for some and for others, an utter disaster. We're going to go through every team in the league in every Week 11 game, along with some of our own fun little games. They say the best ability, the best ability is availability, and my partners are never on the injured list. Nikki, good evening, and congrats on your G-men getting back in the cut. Yes, we are back in the New York groove. I love it. We finally beat the Eagles. We broke the four-year curse. I'm feeling good. Happy to be here with you guys doing what we do every Wednesday night. Damn right. Damn right. Nikki, I know you had a little special shout-out I know you wanted to give today. Yes. Um, do you want to say hello to Damien first, and then I'll shout-out my friends? You know what? We'll do it that way. Why not? Damien, my brother, this is uh, one of the week that uh, maybe we weren't brothers, enemies for a little while. But uh, I didn't speak to you until yesterday. But I'm over it. You Saints took care of my Niners, man, in New Orleans. However, it came at a very high cost, bro. And we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. But otherwise, how are you feeling? Yeah, man, it's a, it's a good feeling to be on a six-game winning streak, but a little bittersweet. As, you know, we all know that Drew Brees is dealing with some pain right now and be out for a few weeks. So, you know, we just have to move forward and see, but we'll definitely get into it. I'm just very excited to be on the Third and Three podcast, like Nikki said, every Wednesday night. And what's a better feeling than doing what you love with family? That's right, man. That's, That's what right. it's all about. Family is the operative word. And Nikki, I'm going to go to you. But, uh, Damien, you already caught a teaser in there without even knowing it. Streaking is one of the things that is actually a topic right now. But, Nikki, got to hear your shout out first. Yes, my shout out is uh, new friends that uh, contacted me on Twitter. Their show is called The Sports Bliss with Rob and Chris. And you can find them on Twitter at Sports Bliss WIT1. They're based in Florida. Their show is all about Florida sports. So come on, all you Dolphins fans, I know you're excited. Check out their show. Give them a follow. They follow back. Um, and they love to talk sports. So that is the Sports Bliss with Rob and Chris. All right. I dig it. Excellent. Way to go. Shout out. That's what we do here. We take care of our people. Karma is a beautiful thing. It comes around. You know it. You know it. 
And uh, we're going to get to that streak thing in a second over here. But first, uh, Damien, as I alluded to, great win for you guys. Obviously, you're on a major streak. And the problem is Drew Brees is going to be out for, I'm not sure, two, three, four weeks. I don't know. And now it's Jameis Winston's job. How comfortable are you with that? I just have to look back to last year, right? Uh, Jameis Winston looked a little shaky against you guys in the second half, but so did Teddy Bridgewater when he was thrown in against the Rams last year, right? A lot of people forget about that because we all remember him going 5-0, and no, but when he was thrown in against the Rams, he didn't look that good. But when you give Sean Payton a full week to prepare with a quarterback and with the talent of Jameis Winston, we know the arm talent is there. I think that we could do some different things with Jameis. So, and the schedule is light for us coming up as well with Atlanta, Denver, Atlanta again. So it came at a decent time. So if there's any silver lining, we get to see what we have in Jameis. Is he the guy of the future or do we have to go in the draft or try to get another young guy that's out there like a Sam Donald maybe who will probably be looking for a new squad next year? Or do we have the guy on the roster right now in Jameis? So there is a little silver lining um, to Drew Brees being hurt. We get to see what we have here in the future because we know Drew Brees isn't the future anymore. Well, yeah, that's for sure. Obviously, after the season, uh, they're probably going to be looking onward, and it could be Jameis Winston, and he's going to get a shot right now to prove what he can do. And like you said, coaching is a major thing, and I trust Sean Payton in that way, major. But I wonder, because of Jameis Winston and how he looked, I know he got thrown into the game, Nikki, but you think we're going to see a lot more Taysom Hill or what? Um, I, I mean, I probably. I mean, I feel like you kind of have to, right? Um, I don't know. Do you, do you feel confident in Jameis? Like, yeah, hopefully we don't, we don't, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Hopefully we don't do too much Taysom. I want Jameis to get a chance to get in the rhythm with Taysom. Yeah. Sometimes we can get so enamored with what he can do with his athleticism. We forget that when it comes to being a pure quarterback, he just doesn't have those skills when it comes to going through his progressions, reading the defenses, you can tell in a few plays where he does throw the ball, it's one read, two reads, he's out. Like, it's not it's not going to be anything complicated when he's in. So, Jameis does have those skills way better than Taysom does. So, hopefully, Jameis gets a chance to truly be the QB, and we keep using Taysom in the ways that we're using him. Be a wide receiver, be a running back, be a tight end, and every once in a while, do the wildcat package where he can throw you off by throwing the ball or doing the, the, the QB powers that we like to do with him. But hopefully not too much Taysom Hill. Yeah, what do you think of that, Nikki? You agree? Yeah, I mean, listen, I think if I was a Saints fan, I'd feel good about Jameis this week against Atlanta, but, like, going forward for the rest of the season, you know, he's just so high risk, high reward. But, right, does that – wouldn't that worry you a little bit? Yeah. It worries (laughs) – Yeah, yeah, D. I mean, look, it worries me. I'm not going to go off what I saw in the second half against the 49ers, obviously. Um, He was thrown into the game, hopefully with a full week of practice. Things will get better. Um, But hopefully it also won't be that long. And for Drew Brees to take himself out of a game, you know that he's got some problems. And it's basically broken ribs and and a collapsed lung. And that's no joke right there. That's not like, you know, you busted up your finger for a couple of weeks. So, uh, we'll see. We're going to get more into that. There's no doubt about it. Um, I want to mention for a reason real quick, holding calls are down basically about 50% this year from last year. And I see it on the field and I want to talk to you guys about that later. Nikki, interesting news to you. Your first year offensive line uh, head coach, Mark Colombo, out, gone. 
during his first season with the team. And Dave DeGuglielmo, it's very hard for me to pronounce that. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you got D to pronounce it for you. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Dave DeGuglielmo, I think it is. But uh, either way, he was just hired as a consultant last week. So uh, set up, obviously. But he's been a vet in the league, and he's got history with Joe Judge uh, when they worked together in New England. So this was an obvious setup from the jump, but uh, I guess it's a, a move that was needed based on what we've seen this season. Um, I believe the offensive line coach and Joe Judge got into a fist fight, is what I read. I don't oh. know. Yeah, so uh, I, there was, like, bits and pieces coming out, I guess, like – he didn't like what Joe Judge was trying to do. I don't know. There's so many like different reports. I can't wait to hear what actually went down. But apparently they got in a fist fight and he was fired immediately. So and huh. all they said was that um he, you know he got the best of Joe Judge and whatever it was must have set him off because you're just gonna knock someone out, man. <laughs> that yeah. takes a lot. So um I will report back next week when I get the full story. Wow. Yeah, my Extremely interested. D, you hear anything about that? That's interesting. I didn't know. No, I didn't know the full story. I heard that, you know, the coach got fired, but I didn't know the full story. But if you're a player, you got to like the fact that your head coach is willing to throw blows. Um, that's something. Yeah, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> if I was a player, I'd be like, yes, you know, that's a guy that I'm willing to run through a wall for. Somebody who's willing to throw some blows, even at his age. You know, Joe Judge isn't a spring chicken. So the fact that he's willing to throw blows and willing to go there now, it sounds like the offensive line coach won, which got him fired. I wonder if he would have lost the fight if he would have still been on the squad. Because then you <laughs> <laughs> could be like, okay, we got it out of our systems. You can stay on the squad. But since Joe Judge lost, he had to win in some type of way and be like, okay, you beat me up, but you're fired. I know, for real. Yo, that's, that's messed up in the locker room. That's something they got over him for a long time. So he better freaking fight somebody else and win. He's going to have the chance. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I mentioned streaking before, and that's because there are a lot of streaks going on in the NFL, whether it's positive or negative. Yeah, no, and serious freaking streaks going on. Check it out. On the positive side, guys, Steelers obviously haven't lost yet, so nine in a row. Damien, your Saints, like you mentioned, six. The Dolphins, five games in a row, three under Tua. The Chiefs got four. The Raiders got three. The Vikings got three with a win Monday night over Chicago. Now, here's the bad part. The Panthers lost five in a row. Damien, I know that you got no problem with that. Cowboys lost four in a row. I I know you got no problem with that at all, Nikki. The Bears lost four in a row. Uh, I got a problem with the 49ers losing three in a row. (laughs) <laughs> Chargers lost three in a row. Titans lost their last three games. And, of course, the Jets haven't won a damn thing since the season started. So there's a lot of streaks going on, guys, and that's starting to separate, Damien, the good from the bad and the completely ugly. Yeah, this year it seems like there's a big gap between the haves and half-nots in the NFL, and that's why you're seeing a lot of these streaks going on. And when you talk about a team like the Jets being in the same league as, as a Steelers team, that's why you're seeing one team 9-0 and one team that's 0-9. And, and these streaks definitely showing that separation, like you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. Nikki, obviously, uh, you know, you noticed it in your own division and whatnot. Uh, the Giants doing better. They're not exactly on a streak yet. But um, 
looking good, and we're going to talk about that later for sure. So a lot of streaks going on and a lot of separation, and that actually brings us to what uh, we wanted to talk about. We spoke off air briefly, as we always do. It takes more than maybe two, no more than two minutes, and uh, we get our game plan together. <clears throat> but uh, we did want to talk about the divisions um, and who belongs and who's going to be around and who's got a chance and whatnot. Starting in the hardest division, guys, the Cardinals, the Rams, the Seahawks, they're all six and three. My Niners are four and six. So, you know, Nikki, I know you had them as one of the teams that could maybe, and then maybe still could. You never know. Four teams could come out of there if they get this stuff together. A little bit of a tough schedule coming ahead. But all those teams that are six and three, guys, Seattle's lost three in a row. Rams have looked better. Arizona had that miracle we'll talk about. But, Nikki, out of the three, who are you liking the most that you think is going to take it possibly all the way with what you've seen recently? Oh, my gosh. Like, I so bad want to say Seattle, but that defense is going to be the death of them. No, actually, that offensive line. I'm like, it is just criminal. I really do not know how you do this to Russell Wilson. So, uh, I don't exactly trust the Rams in big moments. Um, and maybe that's more a Jared Goff thing. I'm not a huge fan of what I see out of him. Um, I have to say, I think Arizona's got the momentum. I know people are calling them pretenders or maybe they're a year away. I could see it. Um, but listen, if Seattle can't get it together, which I hope they do, then, yeah, I mean, I could see Arizona slipping right in there and taking the division. Yeah, Damien, Seattle's been slipping themselves big time. It's been a mess. And, uh, Nikki, our, you know, Russell Wilson, <clears throat> we called MVP in the beginning of the season. And still is. It, you know, it, <laughs> yeah, right. Still probably is not going to get a vote this year the way that things are going right now. I mean, uh, just because of the last three games together with all the turnovers, Damien. But that's because he's pushing it. And we all know it because he's worried about the defense, even though they had a decent game against the Rams last week. But the Cardinals definitely have momentum, like Nikki said. So what are you thinking here? Yeah, the Cardinals look really good. Um, their defense is still very shaky, but they were able to do some good things against the Bills. Honestly, they probably should have had two or three more interceptions against the Bills, the way Josh Allen was throwing the ball out there. Um, so they have shown some progress. With Seattle, you worried about that defense. And also with Russell Wilson trying to do so much, he's turning the ball over a lot more now than he was at the beginning of the year which is one of the reasons that he slipped down in the MVP race. And Kyler Murray has probably passed him in the MVP race when you look at what he's doing for Arizona. For the Rams, we should take them more seriously, I guess. But like Nikki said, you just look at it like Jared Goff. Do I believe in Jared Goff to win a tough division when it comes down to it, if that running game is not working, if a team is able to do what Miami did earlier this year and stop that run game and force – Jared Goff to be a drop back quarterback, what happens? Right. So that's what scares you about the Rams. So right now I have to get the edge to Arizona as the best team in that division, a team that has the best chance to come out of it. You know, and, and they're playing great, obviously. Like I said, you know, they're streaking themselves. They're doing a very good job of well, a one game win streak, but before that, you know, doing a little bit better where they were five hundred at a moment. Uh, Seattle, yeah, um, I, I thought in the beginning of the year they're going to have a step back because of that defense, and now it's starting to come to fruition. They're going to have problems. There's a lot more divisional games coming up. Guys, I, I think the Rams are the most complete team. So, look, they've been to the Super Bowl, um, you know, so they got that pedigree going on over there, if you want to call it that. Uh, Jared Goff is not a great quarterback. I don't love him, but he's more than good enough to run this team. 
Aaron Donald being the anchor. You got a shutdown corner in Jalen Ramsey, uh, a very offensive-minded head coach. I, I think that all around that they're probably the best team, and there's so many division games to go that we're going to find out. But it's funny how we're dropping Seattle out now where we had them as our number one, number two team going back just a few weeks ago. But we're leaving them out. So the Cardinals are the hot team. I'll give you that. But I think the Rams may be the most well-rounded team. And I worry about the Cardinals' defense. So that would be my only problem with that, Mickey and Damian. Yeah. No, definitely. You, there's With the NFC as a whole, there's no team that's, like, completely dominant. Each team has some hole somewhere. And you see it in the NFC West as well. That's why it's so tough to say who will definitively win a division. Yeah, it's going to be tough, and I can't wait to see. It's going to be awesome down the wire. Uh, a division that Nikki may want to not want to talk about, but we'll go to the NFC East. And I told you I got a lot of faith. One of my bold predictions last week, which we're going to get to later on, was that the Giants are going to win the division. Now, that's not for another, obviously, seven, eight weeks or whatever it's going to be. They're three and seven. The Eagles are three, five, and one. Strange things going on in that division. Washington football team not playing well. Dallas Cowboys getting Andy Dalton back. Is that a big deal? I don't know. So is Philly good enough? Is Carson Wentz good enough? Is it going to be healthy enough to hold off at the end of the season? Alshon Jeffrey coming back. Guys, I don't know. Damian, let's start with you. Man, yeah, it's so tough with this division uh, to say who is the best. Uh, I guess we should say who is the not worst. That's the way I describe it. Um, <laughs> and um, right now the Giants do look like the best team in that division because they have a solid defense. Uh, Daniel Jones showing that, you know, he can scamper, you know, athletic guy and actually had a touchdown where he didn't fall down. That was a nice That's <laughs> he had against Philadelphia there. And with Philadelphia, it just seems like they're falling apart. I don't know if you guys heard the interview that uh, Doug Peterson did with the local radio station. Yeah, They yeah. did the worst lead-in they could ever do where they put a poll up asking who's to blame for the Eagles' troubles and all the fans voted for the coach. And they said, oh. Um, <laughs> Man, so with the fans, yeah, the fans voted for the coach and the host is like, oh, yeah, the fans voted 70% for Doug Peterson. Welcome, Doug Peterson. <laughs> and, <then> they, <laughs> oh. like, and, yeah, he was not pleased with that at all. And I don't blame him. And you could tell the frustration of that moment compared, you know, combined with everything that's going on there. Uh, Washington, they just got just too much going on to win. Like I said, a solid defense at times. But offensively, yeah, you're asking Alex Smith to carry the load there. And with Dallas, like you said, they just – they looked good against Pittsburgh for a moment. But you got Andy Dalton coming back, who wasn't looking good before he got the concussion in COVID. So how you look – you know, afterwards, we can't really say – uh, so I got to go with the Giants to, you know, I can't even say win a division, but to survive the NFC East. <laughs> All right, yeah, they, oh, there you go. Man. Hey, however you want to put it, man. Yeah, I think the Red Rifle is probably out of bullets. I don't think Washington's got much of a chance. It's down to Philly and New York. And again, the Giants beat them, Nikki. I know that you're extremely pleased. And I told you they're going to win the division. Um, long way to go still. Divisional games, as we know, plenty left. But Philly looks like garbage to me. And I, the Giants had control of that game from beginning to end, as far as I could tell. 
Uh, that's because Philly is trash, so I'm not surprised <laughs> to play garbage. And the Giants did have control for most of that game. And I know we'll get into it because I do have to give a big thank you to Doug Peterson, but we'll get into it. Um, here's the thing. Uh, I'm a little concerned because everybody's jumping on the Giants bandwagon. Get off, okay? Get off the bandwagon because you were a bunch of haters a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Now it's coming together, and now you want to jump on the bandwagon. No, go back to America's team. Go back to Trash Philly. Go back and jump on those bandwagons. <laughs> we are better as the underdogs and when people think we can't do it. So that's all I'll say. But, I, no, I am not worried about Washington. I don't know what Andy Dalton's doing for the Cowboys. There is dead as done can be and yeah philly looks like they're taking a uh quantum leap backwards oh look at that well done right there i like it i like it very nice yeah look giants are looking good and you know danny dimes you know he was he stopped on a dime this week instead of throwing one and you know what whatever way it's gonna work man so we'll see yep liking the giants uh looks like the cowboys and uh, the washington football team are out we'll see if philly can get their stuff together Let's go to the NFC South. Damian, this is your division, so we're going to save you for last. Nikki, we got the Saints, obviously, now missing Drew Brees for a bit. How much is that going to hurt if Tampa Bay gets hot? You don't have to worry about Atlanta. We don't have to worry about Carolina. They're 3-6, three and 3-7, and seven respectively. So it's highly doubtful they're going anywhere in the playoffs, let alone the division. So it comes down to those two teams. Let's say Drew Brees is out three weeks. And Tampa's getting their groove, and things are going well. And Antonio Brown is looking the way that he did last week. Tampa's going to win this division. Yeah, and that could very well happen, right? I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, we'll, you know, we'll see. But yeah, Drew Brees is out for a couple weeks. Those are the, like now is not the time for that. You know what I mean? They can't afford to take a step backwards because there's Tampa Bay right there on their heels. So. I really can't pick a division winner here. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. Maybe Jameis Winston will carry this team on his back and they'll fight it out. I don't know. But beware of Tom Brady and playoff mode Tom Brady. So, yeah, the, the I don't know. If Drew Brees was still playing, it might give the edge to the Saints. But things have changed right now. So, we'll see. Damien, if Drew Brees was playing, and I knew that he was for these next three games and the rest of the year, then I would give it to New Orleans. But because he's not, and I don't trust Winston, I feel that Tampa is going to be able to take the lead, despite the fact that New Orleans beat him twice. They could just beat him by a game in the division. How worried are you about that? Yeah, no, it's definitely a valid worry to have. And with Jameis, the only reason that I do feel comfortable is what we did last year with Teddy and also the schedule that we have ahead of us until Breeze comes back. We have pretty easy games until we run into the Chiefs, I think, five weeks from now. So we can survive this schedule and keep our heads above water, maybe even go undefeated like we did last year with Teddy. So I think that we can hold off Tampa Bay. And they don't have the easiest schedule. They do have the Rams coming up this week, which is not a guaranteed win. Um, so they could take some losses there as well. So I think that the Saints can still win this division and I still have them as the favorites going forward just because of the veteran talent that they have and the cohesion they have as a unit. Yeah, and the fact that they beat Tampa Bay twice doesn't hurt at all either. So obviously a tie in that division gives them the win. You're right about the easier schedule coming up, but Jameis Winston is an old Teddy Bridgewater, man. So we'll, we'll see, brother. We'll see. Let's finish off the NFC uh, with the North. We got the Packers, Bears, Vikings, and Lions. 
Surprisingly, the Lions are four and five, along with the Vikings, who have been streaking at four and five. They won their last four, uh, three games, excuse me. You got the Bears, who were five and five, and when they were five and one, we all agreed that they were the worst five and one team of all time. That's coming to fruition. They will finish five and 11, most likely. So I'm counting them out. You got the Packers at the top at seven and two. So, where, you know, I told you guys in the beginning of the year, I thought there was going to be friction in Green Bay. There's not. I was totally wrong about that. Given that fact, Green Bay is most likely going to win this division. I doubt that Minnesota can catch up um, despite they split their games this year. Uh, this, is a, this is a tough one, Damian, but I, I don't see how the Packers are going to lose this division unless, God forbid, Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. Yeah, it'd have to be an epic collapse for Green Bay to lose this division. So the the one chase that's really going to be intriguing is to see if Minnesota can get into that seventh playoff spot in the NFC, which will be tough with the NFC West and also NFC South having these good teams as well. So it's going to be tough to get that last playoff spot, but Minnesota has a schedule that does give them a little bit of a edge when it comes to trying to make up this ground. Yeah, well, that makes sense too. There's no that look, I would love it if Minnesota made this, you know, something at the end of the year. I know they already played each other twice, so we're not going to see that again, Nikki. But um, we both picked Minnesota, I think, to win this division where uh, Damian picked Green Bay in their seven and two, Vikings four and five, but looking better. And if they can play better defense and Kirk Cousins can, you know, use that throwing arm, hit Thielen and Jefferson, then yeah, why not? They can at least make the playoffs. Yeah, they could. Um, But yeah, I guess we got to be realistic. And I would say as of right now, I really, yeah, Green Bay is probably going to win the division barring any injury to Aaron Rodgers or anything like that. Yeah, that's pretty much what it comes down to. Alan Lazard is even coming back this week, I think. And uh, he's been uh, Rodgers' second favorite target. He's a physical guy. Uh, Rodgers loves that. So him aside, Devontae Adams, yeah, watch out. Let's get over to the AFC beast, not the NFC least, because the Bills are seven and three. The Dolphins are six and three. Now New England coming around playing good football, winning on Sunday night, which flipped us all for a loop. We all had them as a lock, so that screwed us all over. Obviously, the Jets are 0 and 9, so they're not going anywhere. We'll talk about them for next season, but very cool that New England is, you know, starting to make a little bit of noise. The Dolphins have been unbelievable lately. Their defense great. Tua undefeated since he got in there. And the Bills, it looked up big Nicky. They should have won that game, man. Diggs caught that touchdown. I can't believe how that all happened. We're going to get into that game, obviously. Um, who wins this division? I still feel like Buffalo is more complete. So I'm going to go with them. I went with them at the beginning of the year. I would be surprised if the Dolphins overtook them. But I think the Dolphins are a playoff team at the very least, Damian. Yeah. No, this is a very good division. I picked Buffalo at the beginning of the year, so I'm going to stick with them as well. Um, I do think that, you know, they have the most complete team. Like you mentioned, they are an incredible play away from being 8-2 and two and having a two-game lead, uh, in the win column at least, over Miami. Um, but Miami definitely should not be taken lightly at all. It can continue to hit, you know, streak in this way, especially with that defense playing like this, and two are starting to get more and more comfortable. So it's definitely going to be an interesting division to watch. New England, I think it's a little too little too late for them to start playing well. Uh, AFC is stacked. It's stacked. Um, it's kind of like the Western Conference in basketball right now. 
it has, you know, more teams that are playoff worthy than actual playoff spots right now. And I think it's going to be too much for New England to overcome. But with Buffalo and Miami, that one-two battle will be very, very intriguing to watch. Yeah, it's a nice race. The one thing, Nikki, that Buffalo has over Miami right now, which is pretty big, is that Buffalo's 4-0 in the division and the Dolphins are 1-2. So if it comes down to, again, statistical uh, stat, you know, stats and whatnot at the end of the year, um, they, they have a hold over them in that, and they have a one-game lead right now. Oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. But still, no, I took Buffalo, too, so I'm going to roll with them. I'm stick with my original pick, but you know what? You No, obviously you can't count out Miami. That defense is, like, playing out of their minds, which it's cool to see Buffalo and Miami. Like, I was waiting for this, the changing of the guard. Like, so sick of watching New England win for 23 yeah. years, you know? We need a little shakeup, so we got it. I'm here for it. I like it, but I think Buffalo will take it. All said and done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so do I. You know, I, I again think they're the most complete team, and that really was amazing. I, I can't wait to get into that game and everything that happened, especially with that catch. But yeah, Buffalo really, again, really, sh- I feel like they should have won the game, and they showed that they can. They can go on the road. They can go to the West Coast. Whatever you you name it. So they're ready to win it, I believe. And we'll see with Miami. They're playing with a lot of intensity. Uh, they're behind Brian Flores, possible uh, head coach. Uh, uh, candidate of the year. So, yeah, we'll see about that one. All right, let's get into the AFC South. We got the Indianapolis Colts, who played the Titans on Thursday night. And I told you guys, the Colts, man, they won that game. They tied it up at 6-3 and three atop the division. They now have the lead over Tennessee because of that uh, one game right there. I'm loving the Colts' defense. Phillip Rivers played really good. I love what Naheem Hines did. The Titans right now are having major problems. The Texans and the Jaguars aren't going anywhere, two and seven, one and eight, respectively. So we don't have to worry about them. But I wonder if the Titans are going to be around at the end of the year. I feel fairly confident that the Indianapolis Colts are going to be guys. They have a really good team with an excellent defense and a brick wall for an offensive line. So, I, again, I feel extremely confident there. But the Titans are the team that I worry about um, from their standpoint, Damian. What do you think is going on losing to Cincinnati? They had that loss to Pittsburgh. Then they got crushed by the Colts on Thursday night. Where are they? Yeah, going? no, it's very concerning. If I was a Titan fan, I would be concerned that we might not be able to tighten up. We might just be tightening down uh, for, the, <laughs> for the rest of the year. <laughs> uh, when you look at you know who they lost to in Cincinnati, the way they lost to the Colts. Now Pittsburgh is undefeated, so you don't really feel bad about that loss. They made a hell of a comeback to almost win that game. But with Cincinnati and with this loss to the Colts, you're really worried. And like you mentioned, the Colts have a great defense. And even if Phillip Rivers is struggling, you know that defense is going to keep you in games. The offensive line is going to open up holes for the running back. And you have the two things that every team needs to be successful, defense and offensive line. And I can carry you to a far yeah. away. So you may be right about your pick about the Colts. I'm not going to give up on the Titans yet because when they get rolling, when Derrick Henry gets rolling – they can be very good, but we have to see it on a more consistent basis. So I will give the edge to the Colts right now. You might be right about your pick before the season there. Yeah, we shall see. Look, uh, Colts have been pretty consistent all year with the 6-3 and three record. You know, Titans were undefeated for a while, Nikki, and then this has happened. So, you know, Mike Brable, I like a lot uh, as a head coach. I actually met him. He's hell of a guy gentle giant man he can crush you with his bare hands <laughs> guy's something else man but um 
can he turn this team around, you think? Yeah, I think so, because haven't we seen it with Tennessee before? Like, talk about streaky. They'll lose three and then rattle off six wins, like, out of nowhere. So, you got to watch out for that, because we've seen them do it. Like, you know, they stunned Baltimore in the playoffs last year. Like, So, they're one of those weird teams. Like, they're kind of like Atlanta like that. Like, you think you know what you got, and then all of a sudden, it's complete, you know, they come out of nowhere. Mm. So, like you guys said, yeah, edge to the Colts right now. They have a fantastic offensive line, which is everything. The defense is great. But, yeah, I'm not counting out the Titans yet. No, either. no, and that's totally fair. They still have a very good team, no doubt. One of the best running backs in the league. It just, you can't wear that guy out. All right, AFC North. we got a couple of divisions left before we get to our next many, many segments. You guys, we're going to have a lot of fun tonight. We have the AFC North where the Pittsburgh Steelers are 9-0 and with a three-game lead over the Baltimore Ravens, who they already beat and we'll see in a couple of weeks. But don't forget about my other AFC team, the Cleveland Browns, which you're laughing at me at in the beginning of the year, and I understand. But they're 6-3, and three, and I don't care that they won by three points this week. They won the game. Like I said about uh, even Kansas City. When they beat Carolina by only, uh, you know, they were in the game and, you know, beating a couple of teams by a few points here and there. You win the game, you win the game. That's the end of the story. So Cleveland, I still think, is definitely a viable team, not to win the division, obviously, but to make the playoffs. The Ravens, of course, as well. But damn. Remember I said last week, guys, that Lamar Jackson was saying they the defense knows their plays. That's what it looks like. I mean, Bill Belichick is, is a genius in himself. We're going to talk about the game and. Look, Lamar is not Lamar right now, and if he can't regain that back and get that running game going and the defense plays like they were last year, Pittsburgh not only will run away with this division, but could leave Baltimore in the dust. And if Cleveland starts playing better than Baltimore, which I can see is a possibility right now, the Ravens may be left out, Nikki. I don't know what you think about what's going on right now, but if I'm a Raven fan like your husband, I'm worried. Pittsburgh's in great shape, and the Browns, squeaking by a little bit you can say that but they're doing their job oh he's worried all right i (laughs) I mean oh man but you know what i for weeks i said all right don't panic don't panic yeah if i'm a ravens fan i think i'm hitting the panic button i think they needed this game and or i yeah like they can't win the division now right i think yeah i I don't don't know or unless it comes down to like they probably have to beat I don't know if beating the Steelers on Thanksgiving make a difference, but I guess we can get into that. But, um, yeah, this team is – is it's just not right. They are worried. And wouldn't that be some shit? That would be so 2020 if the Ravens are left out of the playoffs and the freaking Cleveland Browns make it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, one guy here who would love that, I'm telling you right now, that would make my day, even though I picked the freak. We all picked the Ravens to go to the Super Bowl. So they're disappointed oh, in, yeah. that, in that respect, Damian. Um I think they can turn it around. John Harbaugh is a great coach, but this division belongs to Mike Tomlin. Yeah, I think the division race is over. So now you have to pay attention to Cleveland and Baltimore and who gets in. And I still like Baltimore over Cleveland if it comes down to those two. When you have, you know, other teams buying for those wild card spots in the AFC, like I mentioned earlier, the AFC is very deep. So you could see a team like Baltimore left out, but my pick would be Cleveland be left out because I just don't believe in them against the elite teams. Um, we saw them play against Baltimore earlier this year. It was a molly whopping, right? We saw that um, Baltimore was able to whoop on them yeah. that way. Um, when they played against First Pittsburgh, Cleveland First got whooped on. Year. So when Cleveland goes against those better teams, 
you know, bad things to happen, but they do have an easy schedule. So that could come into it as well. Um, but Pittsburgh definitely is going to run away with this division. And the way Baltimore is playing right now, my hopes for Baltimore to beat Pittsburgh on Thanksgiving Day are not high. And that pretty much will sell up the division if Pittsburgh is able to win that game. Yep, that yeah, that would pretty much uh, put a wrap on it. That would put a bow on it. If Baltimore does win, uh, like you said, Nikki, you alluded to a little bit, that that will give them a chance. But still, there'll be two games back to even that because they would have split. All right, let's get to our last division before we take a very quick break. We got the AFC West and the defending champion Kansas City Chiefs, who are eight and one. And despite not being perfect like the Steelers, uh, almost everybody has them as the best team in football. And that would be including myself. Uh, behind them are the Raiders, who did beat them once. They're playing again this weekend. Then there's the Broncos, who continue to disappoint us, guys. They're 3-6. and six. The Chargers, 2-7. and seven. They can't buy a win. I told you, Herbert, we'll get to those bold predictions later on. But we're looking at the Raiders now at a 6-3 and three team as a team that can certainly get to the playoffs and maybe even make some noise because you know what? I've been doubting them for a while and you guys, I'm going to give you credit. You've been ahead on, on that with the Raiders in uh, Vegas over there. You've been picking them for the past few weeks and they've been winning. I have not, I I haven't believed in them yet. And I finally do. So they ain't going to win the division. Uh, It would take a miracle because Kansas city is Kansas city. So I, the chiefs are going to win the West, but the Raiders yeah, Damian, these guys can definitely make the playoffs and do something. Yeah, no, they definitely can make the playoffs and maybe be that Tennessee Titan-esque team from last year. So Tennessee, you know, kind of got into the playoffs mm. on, you know, the back end last year and were able to get to the AFC Championship game. I can see the Raiders being that type of team to get in with a wild card spot and really shock some people. Um, the game this week against Kansas City is a big one for them. And if they could win that one, like you said, most likely still won't win a division, but it definitely will – make a statement if they can beat Kansas City twice you definitely have to take them seriously oh 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 yeah oh no doubt about it that that would be phenomenal for their fans for football for everybody the Chiefs would be like oh boy man that's our kryptonite over there so better watch out yeah Nikki so again with this division uh you know Raiders surprising me on defense uh playing good enough offense and again you got a running back like Josh Jacobs and if he can stay healthy you're in pretty good shape. You can wear teams down in the fourth quarter. Yeah, for sure. And they take advantage. I've said it for weeks. They're really, really good at taking advantage of their opponents' miscues and weaknesses. Like, they can capitalize where, you know what, some teams can't. Like I said, you guys, the Giants couldn't capitalize on a turnover for weeks. I mean, now they can a little bit, but, like, not every team can do that. They're really good at that. They're they're playing like a playoff team, but no, obviously, I think we all know who this division belongs yeah, to. Yeah, it, I think it belongs to the champs. There's no doubt about that. All right, that was a good segment. I'm glad we went over that. We haven't gone really division by division and, uh, you know, seen who's going to be alive. But like I said, with teams streaking up and streaking down, we're starting to get more of a clearer picture now. No doubt about it. All right, let's have a little fun. Let's get some flowers or tomatoes moments of the week applause and wtf and all that good stuff 30 seconds guys we're going to be right back hang in there mm-hmm. oh check it out check it out this here goes out to all the and other friends think it's sweet creep up on your <laughs> Lots expected. Check it. 
I kick blows for you, kick down doors for you, even left for all my mother for you. This thing fresh, you can with the picture that with the Kodak. It's the night pack. We don't get down like that. Play my game down quite flat. Don't let me repeat all the lyrics because you'll smack me. <laughs> Can't do it over here. All right. Third and three podcast back, blasting off into the universe of the NFL. We just went division by division, had a lot of fun with that. Third and three, again, sponsored by the Sports Column and brought to you by Anchor Radio. Let's go. We got some more to do. We're going to throw some flowers. Maters, Nikki, I love this idea. Applause. WTF moments of the week. Let's see what we got. We each got one. So we're going to do one positive and one negative, basically. And Nikki, I would love it if you can kick this one off for us. I will kick it off, and if you don't mind, I would like to kick it off with throwing all the tomatoes at Ooh, certain can't someone. Wait. I'm throwing my tomatoes at Sean Hockley. You know why? Because your dad is jacked, okay? And when <laughs> I saw him come on the field, I was like, this is his son? Like, I was a little disappointed <laughs> because... You know what? I know it's not easy, you know, to to live in a sibling shadow or a parent shadow. I get it, but I was like visibly disappointed. <laughs> My husband was like, "Yeah, I mean, like, so what?" And I'm like, "We mean, so what?" If your dad is coming out every week, he's got guns, man. We know this. You you got to step it up a little bit. So, Sean Hockley, I'm throwing tomatoes at you straight from the Garden State because. What do you need? Some more protein shakes? Or like a couple lifting sessions? Come on now. You got to wreck that family the right That way. is awesome. You know what, Damien? I can so relate to that. Like, you know, like when, you know, your father and everything, you kick, you think you kick your father's ass when you're like 15. You learn you can't. And then you're 18. You think you can beat him up then. You can't do it. It takes a long time, man. They just got that old man strength. It's like, nope. Sorry, son, you ain't stepping up. To yeah, no, it's yet. a real thing. Uh, I definitely tried to take my dad on when I was a teenager. Got to smile myself a little bit and fell. I fell <laughs> tre- tremendously <laughs> in that attempt. And I also can relate to what, you know, he's going through as far as not living up to his dad's shadow. My dad was, you know, a high school star in Louisiana, both football and baseball, played college ball and all that stuff. And for me, oh. I played basketball. And people like, why didn't you play football like your dad? Because I didn't want to go through this. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. (laughs) That's great. I remember, uh, now, Nikki, what a great topic. I remember uh, I was about 21 years old, I think. And uh, my father was was very strong, and he was a very good arm wrestler. Anyway, to make a long story short, I challenged him. I'm like, I work every day. This guy put me down. No, actually, it didn't happen like that. We, he said go, and I'm going I'm as hard as I can. I take a look at him. He is smiling at me as if, like, he's, like, playing a video game with his other hand or something like that. And he's like, you ready? I'm like, ready for what? Wham! Right down. <laughs> that was it. All over, right? So, I, I, yeah, I get that old man strength. Nikki, that's an awesome one. Great job right there. All right, D, you going tomatoes first? You go I'm going to go tomatoes first. And I went to the store. I got extra tomatoes. I made sure they were extra rotten for this one. And <laughs> I want to throw all the rotten tomatoes at the Bears offense. What is that? What is going on over there? Like, so just to look at some of their stats, they had a total amount, like total amount, of yards in that game 
of 149 yards. Not running, not passing, both <laughs> running and passing the ball. They had 149 yards total in that game. How? How does a professional football team play <laughs> like that? <laughs> yeah, no, nah, that's it's true. The, the Jets. Jets. But the, the thing Jets. is with the Jets, you're like, okay, the Jets are not considered a professional football team at this point, right? And <laughs> with the Bears, you, no. you don't expect the office to do well, but you expect them to play like a professional football team. And they're like, oh, we're going, you know, Matt Nagy's not going to call the plays. We have this chemistry with the offensive coordinator, and he's gelling with Nick Foles at practice. What? None of that. None of that worked. None of that worked at all. <laughs> so the Bears offense gets all the tomatoes. I hope it stains you, and it just stays on your uniform forever. <laughs> <laughs> well done, man. That's a good one. That is really good. Hey, you know what? I'm going to stick with the tomatoes, too. And I'm going to go to Seattle. And, yes, it is their defense, but I'm going to one player, guys. I'm going to Jamal Adams. Look, dude, you wanted out of New York so freaking bad. You will fly across the country to live in the rain just to get away from New York. And now look what happened. Not only unfortunately, and I never want anybody to get hurt, obviously, or anything like that. I don't want that to happen. But do you know that he is the second to – dead last ranked safety in the NFL right now. This guy is making no plays for this defense. They were so happy to get him. Oh, wow, we got a defense back. We got Wagner in the middle. Everything's going to be all right. They traded for Dunlap, this and that. Jamal Adams is playing horrible, mega disgusting football right now. He doesn't know where to go. He's missing tackles. He's not in the right spot. He is doing a terrible job where there are balls that are floated up there where a safety would be eating alive that he's not anywhere near right now. So you know what? Shame on you for being who you were in that point, not who you are as a person. I don't know you for one second, but the fact that you made it such a big deal to fly out of New York and look, who wouldn't want to get out of the Jets right now? I totally understand. But with your attitude and you're pounding your chest and King Kong and all that crap, you're playing terrible football. Look in the mirror Get your stuff together, man, because you know what? You are not helping this defense, and that's why you were brought here. Have you noticed that's that, That's a very guys? good call-out. Very good call-out there. And with him, he started off the year well. Those first few games, we've been talking about how maybe the Jets didn't you know, get enough for him, even though they got a lot in that trade because he was playing so well. But since he's come back from the injury, he has not been the same. And he's he's the one who makes a difference on defense because he's supposed to be that you know Swiss Army knife type player. So if he's not doing that, you see what happens. That's right. That's exactly right. You know, you need that centerpiece right there. And it's safety. It's such a big and important position, guys, who like Ronnie Lott and Rod Woodson, Ed Reed and Troy Palomalu, you know, took over and he could have been one of them next sort of guys. But yeah, look, he's a young career. We'll see what happens with him. But right now, things are not working out over there. So, yeah, we got some tomato toss and some WTF moments of the week right now. But why don't we get some flower action going? Huh, Nikki, you got some flowers over there? I got flowers, and I'm giving them to Oh, us. <laughs> I love that. that. <laughs> yeah. Flowers. I am giving a round of applause to the third and three podcast who gave Max Kellerman his quantum leap go-to phrase this week, which yes. I have never heard in weeks past. Okay? 
And let's not to mention, this show has pretty much been on point with picks and fantasy and locks and early season predictions. I'm talking like back in May, okay? So like we say, if you don't get to hear us on our podcast, you will be able to hear what we say on ESPN because they will copy it. So Ooh. round of applause to the 33 Ooh, podcast. Best take in 33 podcast history, Damien. Definitely. I, lo- I love it. That is beautiful. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> he t- he just ripped off Quantum Leap. Like, uh, no. Hey, we know where it came from. We heard it a long time ago. <laughs> we know where. It came from. Yeah, we got sound effects and it, everything it, it, for it. It honestly is amazing. It's but we text each other all the time. It's like, oh, look what they're talking about now. Guess they listen to the show again. Unfreaking believable, man. Come yeah, on, right. Quantum Leap, that, that Damien Patton, that, that's yeah. from this show. What is stop. he, an astrophysicist all of a sudden? Give me a freaking break. Bunch of nonsense. Nonsense. Oh, boy. Good. Co- Thank you, Nikki. That's awesome. Great call right there. D, where's your round <laughs> So for this go? week, I wanted to give my round of applause to Cole Beasley, uh, the wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, his game is going to be lost in, you know, all that happened in that Buffalo, Arizona game. Uh, but he had a hell of a game, man. 11 receptions. 109 yards, one touchdown. He made a catch, one-handed, leaping catch. I have no idea how he got that high. If um, Yeah, if you're familiar with the play I was I talking saw. about, it was either I think it was third and four, so it was a big play. Like, they needed to have this play happen yep. to continue a possession, which was very important in the game. And when Josh Allen threw the ball, I was at Buffalo Wild Wings watching the game, and there was some Bills fans sitting maybe six, seven feet away from me. And they all was like, oh, you know, because it looked super high and just uncatchable. And when he went up and caught that ball, we all were like, how did he jump that high? And how did he catch that ball? Uh, one of the guys was like, white men can jump. And he jumped. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it was, yeah, he had a hell of a game, man. He made some great catches. And I know it's going to be lost in what DeAndre Hopkins did. So I want to give my flowers to Kobe's this week. Good. Yeah. Nice view. And I know obviously exactly what Cash you're talking about. He made a lot. Look, he was great in that game altogether. But for, yeah, again, a white dude who's four foot eight to jump up that high and catch the ball on the marker basically exactly is phenomenal, which led to what was supposed to be the game winning drive. And again, we'll get to it later. All right. So let me toss my flowers in there before we get to our next segment, which is going to be our records and our week 10 ranting recap can't wait to get to that that's so much fun but i have a few ways i can go here and i'm gonna go nick chump all right um this could be looked at negatively for a lot of people especially for sports betters because cleveland was favored four and a half in this game okay they won by three where nick chubb we all saw he could have walked to the end zone gone up by nine at the very least and really put the game away but the coach told him no, we just need a first down, so let's get that, and let's close out the clock and kneel it, all right? So I give him 100% props for not being selfish and going out at the one-yard line. However, I feel terrible for those who on Cleveland to, and cover that four-and-a-half because he was about to walk in, game over, and I can only imagine the emotions and, God forbid, the heart attacks around the world of the sports bettors that saw that thing happen. But he listened to his coach. He got the first down and more, went out at the one, wasn't selfish, couldn't care less about fantasy, and got the job done. And that's how you do it, Nikki. 
That's how you win a game right there. However, there is another side I'd like to ask you guys. What if, you know, and this is very rare, obviously. Nicky, I'll ask you first. You know, what if you go into that victory formation and you fumble the ball? <laughs> yeah, that's a good Man. question. <laughs> You're done. You know, both of you weigh in because that is a possibility. Yeah, no, you definitely yeah. can fumble the snap. And also, you would be up by 10 with like a minute left. You can't hold a 10-point lead with a minute left. That part. I know. They, they've only scored seven points. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I feel I like Chubb could have went in. But like you said, you listen to his coaches. And he did, you know, what he was uh, know what he was told and didn't go after his stats. So you have to love that. But I do feel sorry for the gamblers who saw him running down the sideline and thought for sure that they had just won their money. And when he and they saw him veer out of bounds, man, it had the feeling in your gut at that second if you bet a lot of money on that spread. That's why I don't bet. Like I can't handle it. Um, I have friends who will come to me and will ask me for <laughs> advice or they'll listen to the podcast and say, Oh, I bet on this because of you. Or like even recently. I had a friend told me that about a boxing match that I told him about. And he was like, yeah, man, I just won $700 because you told me that Teofimo Lopez would beat Vasily Lomachenko. I'm like, I'm so glad you told me that afterwards because if you told me that before that you bet because I said yeah, it, right. I wouldn't be able to enjoy the match. <laughs> so, yeah, I, could, I couldn't I handle it. <laughs> Talk about giving credit right there, right? No kidding. Wow. That's something wow, else. Dude. That is impressive right there. Woo-hoo! Oh, man, I love the 33 podcasts. This is great. All right, so that was round of applause and WTF moments. A lot of fun right there. Let's get to our records before our ranting recap over here. Again, we're all over 500, so that means we all win money. We're all good to go. We all double locked because, like I said, we all had the Ravens against the Patriots. I'm going to have to give them props. We'll get to the game. So we no triple locks this week. Nikki, 8-6, and six, you're a winner. Danny, a 9-5, you're a winner. I redeemed myself at 11 and three this week. So I'm happy about that. So we're all winners guys. You know, nobody's under 500 or even at 500. So we're all in good shape at that. And that means it is time. We'll make our predictions later, but right now it is time for NFL football week 10 ranting recap. Let me hit the music. All right, kids, so we're ready to get into this bad boy over here. Ranting recap, NFL first game, guys, was Thursday night football. Nikki Colts at Titans. The Colts won 34-17. It was a close game in the second half, and there's a lot to say about second-half adjustments. What happened basically, for the most part, was that the Colts took Derrick Henry out of the game, didn't allow him to be a part of the fourth quarter, and there you go. There's a big win, doubled-up Tennessee right there. Uh, Ryan Tannehill couldn't get the job done for a third week in a row. Yeah, and credit to Indy because they really took advantage of the Titans special teams problems that they had. So they really, really did. Um, And I I believe their rematch is what? The 29th, November 29th. So I'm really intrigued. I mean, the Colts took it to the Titans. Like, damn, I wasn't expecting that. But um, like we said, Tennessee's going to have to pull it together. And I am looking forward to this rematch because they don't know it's going to go down exactly. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. But the Colts did look like the better team, Damian. Yeah, they definitely look like the better team. And like Nikki mentioned, they took advantage of the special teams problems. Poor punter, 
you know, gets his chance after they demote the other punter. And he has one that shanks off his foot. And he has another one that's not his fault that gets blocked. He had no chance on it. Um, so they definitely took advantage of special teams right. and special teams matters. And a lot of times we forget about that, you know, because we're so enthralled with what's going on offense, what's going on, on defense. And special teams is one third of the game. And we definitely saw that in this one. And like you mentioned, the Colts have all those things that you need to win. Tennessee seems to be missing it at times. So the Colts may be a team that could be a threat. Yeah, well, you know, I can attest to special teams given our game this weekend. What freaking Richie James and a couple other things. What a mess. We'll get to it. But, yeah, I like the way the Colts are looking. Titans got to get this stuff together. I'm certainly not counting them out like you guys did before. But loving the Colts defense and loving Naheem Hines. He is doing a wonderful job for them. So let's see how long that keeps going. Interesting game. Jaguars at Packers. We all picked the pack, but they squeaked it out 24-20. What I say basically is that they escaped one of those trap games. Um, Jaguars kept it close. They were even winning for a little while. You know that Aaron Rodgers is going to come back at some point. It makes you wonder, were they lackadaisical in this game? They took them for granted. Uh, Was Jacksonville playing that well? I didn't get to see a whole lot of the game. So I do wonder, you know, what was up with the Packers offense and why they allowed Jacksonville to keep this game so Yeah, close this is one of those games I definitely could have gave my tomatoes or thrown my tomatoes at Green Bay um, for playing so closely to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. I think you described it perfectly. It's <laughs> one of those trap games that they were in the trap. They were right there. And right before it snapped shut, they got their leg out. And it's <laughs> it's it's one of those games that you'll look back later this year that they're like, oh, luckily we got this one because we needed this win because Minnesota's surging now and we need this win to hold on to the division or we need this win to maybe get the top seed with the Saints having Drew Brees out now. So this win could be very important going down the line and they needed it. And but Jacksonville, man, they play hard. You know, they play hard. James Robinson's a good bat. Uh, and Jake Luton, this guy came out of nowhere and is decent. So they, they have they're finding talent out of these no names that they have there in Jacksonville. Maybe to build around in the future. Yeah, no doubt. And the one guy you said, James Robinson, you know, he's a sneaky fantasy guy and just a flat out good player. Nikki's, you know, Jacksonville's going nowhere, obviously. But um, yeah, they kept it close against the Packers. At least gave them a little bit of scare. But you know what? Good teams find ways to win, and that's what they did. Yep, that is what they did. Not Green Bay's finest showing. But I will say they had a lot of costly penalties in this game. Green Bay did. And we all know, you know, if you shoot yourself in the foot that many times against a better team, Green Bay probably would have lost. I think they were just fortunate enough yeah, that it was Basically, there you go. So that's what happened. Yeah, maybe any other team, they might have lost that game. You never know. All right, let's go to Washington, who was at the Lions. And Detroit was killing them uh, all game. But Alex Smith decided to throw for 390 yards, mess around a little bit. Made it a 30-27 to 27 victory for the Lions. Uh, Washington almost pulled this off. They tied it up, but somehow Matt Prater and that leg, man, unbelievable how far this guy kicks the ball. He kicks a 59-yard field goal, uh, basically with no time left where it was tied up at 27. And they managed to beat uh, Washington, the Lions. So they pulled it off. Not a great showing by them in the second half, obviously. I'm not sure what happened there. I'm sure it's Matt Patricia's fault, obviously, <laughs> Damien. <laughs> we'll get to you on uh, But, uh, yeah, the Lions almost pulled a Falcon slash Chargers style defeat, but they managed yeah, to pull it Yeah, they off. managed to pull it off against the Washington football team. Uh, 
Yeah, you know how I feel about Matt Patricia. Even more stories are coming out now about his leadership style and how players just don't like it. Uh, there's rumors that he made them stop playing music in the locker room before the game. Like, who does that? Who doesn't play music before the game? Like, that's literally, like, the foundation of pregame is the music. So it's, Absolutely. you know, it's something that you just, why? You know, and uh, Washington, man, they play hard. You know, they don't have the talent there, but you can tell they play hard for Ron Rivera. And if they get talent there, maybe they could be good in a season or two with Ron Rivera still there. Yeah, we'll see. Look, I like Ron Rivera's coach, obviously. You know, he's going to have to mix up a lot of things, especially on offense, as we know, find the new quarterback, all this and that. So I don't see them going anywhere yet. Neither do I with the Lions, Nikki. But if there's anything to take away this game, it's maybe that finally they're giving DeAndre Swift the ball, at least, and getting their rookie going. Right? Yeah, it only took how long? <laughs> it's like they just they just discovered this. Must be because Matt Patricia is trying to write with that pencil and laminate the sheet, right? They must like he can't can't get it together. Like leave it to these two teams to have like the most dramatic game. Like I can't stand either one of them. And like, okay, Detroit, yeah, Atlanta two You let Washington. They scored twenty one straight points. Like I can't. And I had Matt Stafford going in fantasy, so I just was like sick about this game. I I couldn't even. I just couldn't even watch. I mean, it was so ridiculous, like, how you let this team come back. But, yeah. They got to win. Exactly right. They got to win. Just like our next team, the Texans at the Browns. Look, we already discussed this game pretty much at length. But um, all that wins, again, is – excuse me. All that matters is a win. Did you win? Did you lose? Or did you tie? And the Browns won 10-7. Yeah, it could have been 17-7. So, the the big thing in this game, guys, as you know – Nikki, it was just a sloppy game because of the weather. It was delayed. I thought they were trying to find guys off the street to play defense, but it wasn't even needed with the way that this game was going. But, uh, yeah, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, both over 100 yards, and that's what Cleveland does. And if they keep doing that, they're going to keep winning games. Yeah, no, they are. And uh, that nasty weather made its way over to the Jersey Shore just in time for the Ravens game. So it was intense, guys. Like, now I understand why they deleted it. Like, it was pretty intense. But, yeah, uh, Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt, they did most of the grunt work. I think that was obvious. And the Texans, well, really, to me, it looks like they just kind of sit sit around and wait for Deshaun Watson to, like, single-handedly win them the game. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? No kidding. What and you know what, speaking doing? of which, Damian, let me throw it to the other way to you. When you watch the Browns play, do you feel like they're just basically protecting or hiding Baker Mayfield with the run game, or is that Kevin Stefanski's philosophy, which we know that it is, but do you think that he believes in Baker? Because he doesn't seem to get those – Big time calls, you know what I mean? To go yeah, no, I do play. think it is a way for, to protect Baker Mayfield. I've said it on the show before. He doesn't live up to a number one overall pick type QB. He plays more like a middle round guy who happens to be the starter. So you make up a game plan that's going to protect him and only ask him to do so much, right? And when you have two great running backs mm. and Nick Chubb and and Kareem Hunt, and I don't use that word great, you know, lightly, but both of these guys could be their own running back on some other team and be getting, you know, 1,500 yards separately. 
So when you have two running backs like that, you can do it. And their offensive line opens up holes for them. And in a game <laughs> like this where the weather was so bad, it's perfect for them. You know, rough, tough, smash mouth, you know, to use that that term. This was that type of game, and that's what the Browns are made for. But now when the running game is stopped, when you have a team with a good front seven like Baltimore, like Pittsburgh in that division, what does Baker Mayfield do? And that's going to be the big question. Yep, that'll be the question. What you know, when Baker Mayfield is called upon, what's going to happen? But as we know, when it gets colder out, what matters most is running game and defense. So if the Browns can keep that going in the cold weather, especially where they play and in their division and whatnot, things can happen. So as you guys know, been high in the Browns for the first time my whole life. I like to keep them rolling because I like to be right. But let's move on to another one. We got the Bucks at the Panthers. Was close for a while, but then you know Tampa Brady took over. All right, so Bucks won forty six to twenty three, and if AB, Mikey, Chris G, if they can all get along, watch out because that was a complete game right there. They all got theirs, even Cameron Bray getting in the end zone, and Ronald Jones ran like a beast. So we all know that the Bucks come back after a bad loss like they had, or a loss, uh, you know, just all together. And they poured it all out in Carolina on the Panthers. Uh, tremendous score. Doubled them up, as a matter of fact. Like I said, 46-23. So all this talent that they got on the team, Nikki, if they can find a way to get along, oh, boy, watch out. Can't we all <laughs> just get along? God, is it that hard? Like, you're all talented. Just Enjoy what you got, like your God-given talent. Like, I wish I had no some kidding. talent like that. My God. But never underestimate a pissed-off Tom Brady after a loss. Like, three TDs, 341 passing yards. Rojo had himself a day. Good for him. But I think we all knew the bounce back was coming. And, like, Brady always comes back with a vengeance. So, you know, if, uh, but yeah, if they can get along and they can really get it together. Yeah, Brady then, had a yeah, rough, maybe first, uh, first couple of drives, but then forget it. He was throwing the ball all over the place. He looked great, Damian. And obviously the defense had stepped up, especially after the second half. So I know you don't like to hear it and talk about it much, but you know, the Bucks again, they're going to be that team that's for real. And they just got all this fire. Yeah, they no, they definitely in. have all the firepower in the world. Uh, one of my upset picks that I took a chance on was taking Carolina. And I was excited. I was watching this game. And like you said, Carolina kept it close for a good while. And then Tampa Bay just took off. And with Tampa Bay, man, once they get rolling, you can see what happens here. Rob Gakowski got into the act, got like a 40-yard reception there. Um, Antonio Brown makes some really big catches in this game. And some of the throws that Tom Brady was making in this game were really tough throws. Like he made some very accurate passes. Um, there was one pass oh. to Godwin. I don't know how he got it through. Even the announcer was like, I don't know how that got through. There was like three Panthers there, and somehow yep. he got through those three Panthers. Um, so he made some very accurate throws, looked very good. Uh, Mike Evans looked good in this game. You got him more involved with 11 targets, and he wasn't getting that many targets earlier this year. They ran the football. Like, I don't know why it took them a game where they only ran the ball four times, five if you count the nil down, to say, okay, we're going to run the ball for real now. And you have Ronald Jones go off. Like we haven't, we've seen Ronald Jones go off earlier this year. So he shouldn't have needed that wake up call to be able to run the ball. And with Carolina, I still like Carolina, even though they're on a massive losing streak right now. I like the way they play, uh, the way they're coached, how aggressive they are. 
And if I'm a Carolina fan, I know this year isn't happening for us, but I'm very excited about the future. Yeah, yeah, and you should be because they'll get other pieces in. I like Matt Rule as a head coach. I think they're all buying in. And I love Teddy B. I hope he can stick around there for a while and they're not going to draft their, you know, his predecessor next year already. You know, moved around too much. All right, let's see. Uh, the Chargers. Uh, first of all, did you guys see the picture of uh, Josh, uh, Justin Herbert? <laughs> yeah, he went from looking like he was 17 to looking like he was 15. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, but like, who, <laughs> I don't like, know. I, I think it was one of the trainers or something, but I didn't even recognize him. It was said it was him, but uh, I don't know. Maybe the haircut will help out because they lost again, but they lost at Miami to the Dolphins 21, excuse me, 29 to 21. And for the first time since the pyramids were built, Miami's got hope, they got confidence, they got a bright future. They are like we talked about before, they are on fire right now winning games left and right. And like I said last week, Tua looks like he's been in the NFL for five, six, seven years already. They're looking so good, and they took care of the Chargers. And I feel like at this moment, they could take on anybody and make a game with yeah, anybody. Yeah, no, they definitely can play with anybody. Uh, Miami Dolphins fans should be partying like it's 1999. That was the last time they had a franchise quarterback. Um, that was Dan Marino's last year. <laughs> it's definitely... Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely time for them to be excited. That defense is really good. Um, and they were able to handle the Chargers trying to come back in this one. So if you're Miami, man, the future's bright. You have a chance to win that division. Everything's looking, you know, great. Green light for them. Yep, green light, no doubt. And, uh, Nikki, you were, you know, right on tour with the whole time, you know, with sitting just for a little bit, but then get the kid out there, let him do his thing, and he's doing his thing. He certainly is. And I am so glad that they decided to start this kid after the bye. So, I mean, if you're a Miami fan, you just have to be so excited. You got a real shot this year. And this defense is playing lights out. I would, they, they just like, they are blitz happy. Unfortunately, like blitz (laughs) sounds good, but like, you can't say like, like blitz Amy. It just doesn't, it just doesn't roll off the tongue that well. So I don't have a nickname for them, but, like, here go the Chargers again, right? Making mistakes on special teams, allows Miami to go up 14 to nothing. Like, they just continue to shoot themselves in the foot week after week. You know, it's actually actually comical, the fact that you said that you couldn't come up with a name for the Dolphins defense. Do you know that their only nickname they've ever had on defense is the no-name defense? So that's perfect. That's perfect. No. You nailed it without even knowing. Know that. You have like this mental telepathy thing that's going on. <laughs> Unbelievable. Good job, Nikki. <laughs> let's let's get on to a game where you guys were completely right and I'm dead wrong. And unfortunately, we were all wrong on the Broncos right now. I, you know, between injuries and other certain things and Drew Locke throwing 45 interceptions against the Raiders. The Raiders won 37 to 12. It was never a game at all. I've been wrong about the Raiders all year. And, you know, I don't like jumping on bandwagons, but I'm a believer now. I'm very disappointed with Denver. And uh, is it the head coaching? I don't think Vic Fangio is a head coach, Damian. I think that might be the thing that's hurting them. They need a better head coach in order to put these guys in the proper place to motivate them properly. Because I feel like they got the talent, but I don't think. Yeah, it could be coaching, but you also have to look at the quarterback. Um, When you have the wide receiver talent that Denver has. 
and you have a quarterback out there throwing four interceptions, you gotta look his way. You know, the quarterbacks when all when everything's going great, you know, they yeah, get the credit. See, is it that good though? Is it that good though? Because they got Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy's a little bit hurt, yeah. no Cortland Sutland. Yeah, they, they got Noah Fant, but they don't use him. So I don't know. I'm like, I'm just yeah, no, I definitely understand that. that. But I do think that, you know, Jerry Judy's really good. I know that he's a little nicked up. Tim Patrick, I think, is a good uh, wide receiver. Uh, KJ uh, Hamier is very athletic, somebody who can get open, can catch over anybody. So yeah. they have weapons there. And with Drew Locke, you know, you got to make better decisions. Some of those interceptions that you see him throw, like, what, what was he doing? What was he thinking at that point? It's not like, you know, sometimes you'll see an interception, there'll be a tip ball or just a great play by the cornerback. With Drew's, it doesn't seem like great plays by the cornerback. It seemed like cornerbacks are just like, oh, thank you for throwing this ball to me. I appreciate it. <laughs> so <laughs> it's something that you look at with the QB. But I do agree that the coach has not done the best job there at all. Yeah, he's a phenomenal defensive coordinator, and I can certainly attest to that. But maybe not the right thing at head coach. Let me ask you if I put it this way. Do you put this game more Broncos being the Broncos and what they are right now, or the Raiders, you know, making their own little quantum leap over here and becoming a six and three team and doing it in, in, in style. Well, this is a okay, cop out answer, but I think it's a little bit of both. And I say that because like the Raiders offensive line is really good. Like they dominated the Broncos. All right. So when you're going up against a really dominating offensive line that's tough but then i'm gonna put it on drew Locke too he fell flat for me this week like he had what uh three interceptions and then he was kind of all over the place with his throws sailing over the heads of his receivers or telegraphing passes three out of um four out of three drives like you know three and out like it just it just fell flat and if you or struggling against the Raiders. I don't even know what to say to you in Miami. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, for that one. All right. Beware. All right. Well, it was the game of the week, and now we can finally talk about it. The Hale Murray, the Bills at the Cardinals. Wow. We talked about it, guys. Stefan Diggs, we thought, caught the game winning touchdown. And by the way, the Bills were up big in this game. They were up, uh, what was it, 21 to 3 or even a little bit more than that, but here's Kyler Murray rushing for touchdowns, bringing his team down the field, D-Hop doing what he's got to do. And guys, right now, Kyler Murray is absolutely in the MVP race. I wanted to kind of mention that a little bit to you later on with a couple other guys, but look, he won this game almost by himself yesterday in the second half. He was phenomenal matching Josh Allen, you know, pass for pass, run for run for run, Everything. It was the game that lived up to everything we wanted and more. And <laughs> Damien, that last play, if you can describe it and marvel at it, because I've talked about it so much, uh, like I'm dribbling out of my mouth. Yeah, no, it was an unbelievable play. So when you, like I've played quarterback before, right? I mentioned how my dad was an excellent quarterback and I did do it for a little bit and, you know, couldn't live up to what he was. But to how hard it is to run to the left when you're right-handed, turn your body and launch it 53, 54 yards down the field and actually make a good throw is incredibly difficult. Kyler Murray 
And to think about it coming out of his little frame, that much torque out of his little frame to throw the ball that far, running the opposite way of what you're supposed to run when you're doing that is unbelievable. Unbelievable arm strength, unbelievable play by him. And then with DeAndre Hopkins, it's, you know, he just made it for Jordan, right? Jordan's commercial for their football gloves are made for the rest of time. And <laughs> oh yeah, like to watch him go up <laughs> over three people was unbelievable, man. And when you watch the play, Tredavious White, who's a Pro Bowl corner, is in perfect position. He gets overjumped. You have the safety come in, run into White, knock him out of the play, and it falls perfectly into DeAndre Hopkins' hands. And that doesn't happen without a good throw, right? It doesn't happen if he doesn't throw that ball high enough to Hopkins to high point it at that position. It's unbelievable play, man. And the whole game was just great, right? Because the throw that Josh Allen made to Stephon Diggs to go up with 30 seconds left, was an amazing throw. Like, it's going to get lost in the story of the game. But that throw across the field to hit Stefan Diggs right before he went out of bounds there was unbelievable. It was a great throw. Like, I thought one of the best throws of Josh Allen's career. And, you know, it was just the turn of emotions. Like I mentioned earlier, I was sitting by some Bills fans at Buffalo Wild Wings. I went there to watch the Saints game, and they had the Buffalo game playing right next to it. And, of course, I live in Arizona, so the audio is playing for the Cardinals game. And – the Bills fans, you know, going crazy because they thought they won the game. And after that play where DeAndre Hopkins comes down with the catch, one guy just looks at me and says, this can't be life. <laughs> I, I wanted to. I wanted to buy him a beer, but he ended up leaving right after that. They were, it was like three or four Bills fans that were just so dejected uh, when they left there. And it was – yeah, it was something to watch, man. That was that's like you said, the game lived up to everything. I mentioned Cole Beasley earlier playing out of his mind. Stephon Diggs had a great game as well. It was two Super Bowl quality teams playing. And that's what you get. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I can agree with that. I really can. And you know what? Despite the foreign still setting up the points and whatnot, that that that's fine. That's an offense like that, like you said. And, Nikki, I'm going to kick it to you for your thoughts on everything. Um, but two things I'll say. Buffalo, they were in position. They had three guys around him, so they didn't do anything wrong on defense. That DeAndre Hopkins is a football god, and he was able to hold on to the ball with his strong hands and bring it down and out-jump out everybody. And you're right. Not many people can make that throw, you know, maybe a handful in the entire world, Kyler Murray, going all the way to his left and throwing to his right. I know one person who can make it, and you're talking to him right now. I can make that throw. I've been making that throw my entire life. You're talking to Uh-oh. another quarterback over here, and I can attest. And it's going that way in Uh-oh. a little joke. Well, in, in my best day, I threw the ball 65 <laughs> yards, but that's a story for another time. But, but, but what Damien said before, how the torque and how your whole body and momentum is being carried out of bounds for the stands, and to have the ball being thrown, not just accurately, but in bounds, is freaking incredible. It was one of the most athletic plays I've ever seen in my entire life. And that's why this kid is in MVP conversation right now. There's no doubt about it. No doubt. So, Nikki, I, don't, I know that we said a lot. We talked a lot about it. I don't know what else there is to add except <laughs> Houston, you got a problem, you idiots watching it again. Yeah, really. Like, 
I just want to know, like, did Deshaun Watson puke watching that? Because I would if that was me. Like, I, I just, I mean, oh, God. The game was amazing. You guys said it all. And you just have to marvel at the athletic ability, right? There's moments like that in games where you're just like, wow, the athletic ability is amazing. And you just kind of marvel in it. And it's games like this where the love of the sport, like, doesn't matter who you root for. You just love to watch that game because it's everything that you could have asked for. And I think that Hail Mary, I feel like, did we just watch in real time a defining turning? That's a good point. I mean, what, what else is going to build the momentum, you know, D, right? I mean, yeah, no, that definitely could be it. a turning moment for their season. Um, it's going to be a moment that's going to be played forever and ever. Hopefully, it replaces the Minnesota Miracle as the play in the highlight reel that they always show. Uh, I would love for that play <laughs> to get thrown out the rotation. Um, and, yeah, right. But this, the Hell Murray was a great play, man. And you, you just got to give all the credit in the world to them. But like you said earlier, Buffalo should have won this game and Buffalo should not have their heads held down at all after that type of game. No, no, definitely not. Definitely not. It was, you know, you don't want to call it a fluke because it was an amazing play, but you never expect that to happen. Obviously you know that about it. So I with you. Yeah. There's a lot more we can say about that game, but we'll put it in the bag for now and move on to the next one. Uh, talking about great receivers, uh, let me mention real quick. Obviously, uh, the Seahawks and the Ram played, Rams played in the divisional game. Rams uh, won this one at home, 23-16. Goff had a good game, no touchdowns, but the Rams were able to also run the ball. Now, here's the thing I need to talk about, and I'm not going to talk about Russell Wilson at the moment, but here's the point I need to make. We all love DK Metcalf, right? We love him. He's a great player. There's no doubt about it. And a lot of people were saying he's the top five receiver, this and that, the other thing. But you know what? You can't be a top five receiver if you're going to go against Patrick Peterson twice a year and Jalen Ramsey twice a year and get completely and totally shut down. That doesn't happen to the best wide receivers in the game. That doesn't happen to DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones and Michael Thomas. That is not what happens. So DK Metcalf, as great as he is, guys, and Nikki, I'll go to you first, and you can say what you want about the game as well. And uh, like I said, Rams won by a touchdown, and Seattle played better defense. But the biggest thing I'm taking away from this is that DK Metcalf cannot do his freaking job and help out Russell Wilson because he got locked down by a corner again. And if you're going to get locked down four times a year, you're not a number one wide receiver. Yeah, no, got to be a little dear job. And you kind of, you said it. Like, he cannot carry this team all by himself. And I still, I know, and his MVP chances are shot now. I get it. I get what people are saying. Oh. Imagine if he wasn't on this team. Like, how terrible would they be? I mean, that kind of says it all. But he needs help in the form of an offensive line. I know we touched on it before, but please, my God, uh, Leonard Floyd sacked Russell Wilson three times within the course of three plays on one third quarter series and scooped up the bad snap in the fourth. Like, he has got to get some help. I know the Rams have a good defense, but I feel like there's no, no there isn't. You know, he's Wilson. got you know players on offense to throw the ball to, but when there's no time to throw the ball there, or if he's got to chase a bad snap, then things aren't going to work out as well. We talked about the defense already. 
Damien, I want your thoughts on the game, but I also would like to hear, you know, what you think. About uh, you're on point with Metcalf. You know, if you're a number one receiver, um, you can't get locked down to that point. We understand that Jalen Ramsey is great. There's a reason that he's the highest paid corner in the league. It's for that reason. And I like how he played it kind of coy going into the game. He said, oh, I may not follow Metcalf the whole game. Uh, we have a different game plan. If he goes on one side, I may have to be on the other side. He didn't play it up. And then once we got into the game, you saw him following DK Metcalf for most of the game. And, you know, even Tyler yep. Lockett didn't really have a great game. But, of, of course, uh, that goes to the offensive line as well. Like I've said on this podcast before and on my podcast, the offensive line is like oxygen, right? You can't see it, but you don't appreciate it until you can't breathe, right? And Russell Wilson right now <laughs> is yep. starving for air because he's getting sacked right away. And that makes a whole lot of a difference. And for the Rams, you got to love what you see. You got to love what you see as far as the balance. Um, their running game wasn't quite there in this one. And they still were able to win. So that lets you know that Jared Goff was able to do what he needed to do. You know, he didn't get any touchdowns, but he was able to keep the ball moving downfield, keep the chains moving. That's what you need him to do. So for the if I'm a Rams fan, I'm like, okay, we've made the Super Bowl before with this type of team and with this type of strategy. And maybe we can do it again. And if you're a Seattle fan, you're worried that now the Seahawks are getting exposed on not only defense, but offense. And if the offense is getting exposed, now you have a bad team. Exactly. Because we all know that Russell Wilson does not throw interceptions. It's the first year that he's been doing it like this. And it's because he feels all that pressure. We all know that. And it's not his fault. So, yeah, give the guys some help, please. Um, the Bengals, they got help. And they'll be getting more help. They'll become a better team. But not when you run into Mike Tomlin Steelers on Sunday afternoon with a rookie quarterback. 36 to 10, forget about it. Mike Tomlin, <laughs> there was no way that he was A, going to take this game lightly, and B, let a rookie quarterback beat him. And Ben Roethlisberger, four touchdowns, right back in the MVP conversation, guys. 36 10, Steelers take it in Pittsburgh. Love Mike Tomlin, love the defense. And yeah, they really welcomed uh, Damian Joe yeah, Burrow. Today. No, he got hit a lot, um, sacked four times. And I love Joe Burrow's toughness, man. He just keeps coming back. Um, but you don't want him to have to take this many hits this early. Um, you don't want a David Carr situation where, you know, a quarterback gets hit so much that he can become mm. gun shy at a point. But I don't see that happening to Burrow because he's so special. And they do have a special wide receiver in T. Higgins. Um, T. Higgins had a monster game for them, 115 yards, a touchdown. Oh. So they have some good things there in Cincinnati. Um, I did the foolish thing of trying to – be ahead of the curve and pick Cincinnati to beat Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh must've heard me. It was like, okay, let's show Damien that, you know, we're not to be played with in this way. And they went ahead and took care of business. Um, so Pittsburgh did what they were supposed to do, man. They took care of business against the inferior team. And that's what the good teams do. There you go. You, you said it all against Steelers undefeated, Nikki. Uh, there was no way the Bengals were going into their house and winning this game. No, and you know what, D? One of my bold predictions <laughs> was that Pittsburgh wasn't going to cover the spread. So I hope nobody listened to me on that one <laughs> because <laughs> they certainly did. But I just want to bring up one interesting fact. I don't know if you guys know. We know Claypool is a stud, obviously. But did you guys know 
that some experts were saying he should switch to tight end wow. before the scouting combine. Don't you love that? The scout- they didn't think he was Are they ever going to get rid of that freaking thing? Because it is so pointless and worthless. Except for the 40-yard day. You want to know how fast somebody is? Great. Go ahead. <laughs> Time in the field somewhere. But you just made the whole point right there. You know? Look look at Tom Brady. He looked like he was invisible on uh, when, he, when he took his shirt off in his picture that day and everything. And look, turns out to be one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. So, boy, get drafted in the sixth round. Give me a freaking break. Oh, God. All right. Let's move on to the game that we all got wrong. And Cam Newton, Bill Belichick put it together, guys. Ravens at Patriots. <laughs> the Pats took it 23-17. It was a boring game. But Bill, Bill Belichick's amazing. I love Cam Newton. And, look, these aren't the last years. I, I, it, it's just another thing I don't understand. Just going to the other side real quick. You know, I want to go on about the Patriots. But what the hell happened from last year to this year with Greg Roman calling the plays? Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator for uh, the Baltimore Ravens, it looks like he called the perfect plays last year. This year, is he calling the perfect plays, or is it that defenses know what's going on? And look, Nikki, if any defense is going to know what's going on, it's Bill Belichick and the Patriots, and they showed it only 17 points for the Ravens on Sunday Night Football. Oh, yeah, this wasn't a good night. Like I said, the storm came like right in time and we lost power for probably like five minutes. And man, I just wish the power stayed off because it was it was not great. But I will say this. Baltimore is down Calais Campbell, Jimmy Smith. They also lost Brandon Williams, which made it really difficult for the Ravens to stop the run. They got a really young team as well. Um, So it's no excuse, but they're definitely feeling it on defense. And um, I don't know. Lamar Jackson, he he definitely struggled, and he struggled with his center. Something is off there. I guess it's the timing or the chemistry. I don't know if it was the rain, but that really shouldn't be a problem. Uh, But, yeah, something is off. I think it's timing, chemistry. You know him in the center are having an issue. So it's a lot of things. No, that's very obvious. Look, he had a game plan going in. You know that he stops the best player on the opposing team, Damian. Yeah, no, it was a Willie, a great coach game um, by Bill Belichick. And I've seen some people joke around that Bill Belichick has a special button that he can press with the rain. And that it was right. It felt like it was raining harder when the Ravens had the ball compared <laughs> right. to when the Patriots had the ball. But I don't know if it was the fact that nobody was there or where the mics were set up, but that it sounded like the hardest rain ever. Um, and that was- it was. I took a vi- I not to cut you off, but I took a video because we're sitting there and I'm like, what the hell is that sound out? Yeah, so the fact it that they even played the game is crazy. And the fact that they were able to score any type of points. Usually a game like that, you know, you get seven to three, three to nothing. And you saw that New England was able to navigate. And it talks about the hand size of quarterbacks. You hear a lot of that about the combine. You'll hear oh, this guy has nine and a half inch hands and whatever. This is when it matters, right? This is when it comes out when you're playing a game like this and the weather's just this bad. So Cam (laughs) Newton having humongous hands matters at this point. And again, New England was able to, you know, just pull out this victory against a team that we perceive to be good. So New England is going to be a team that I think can maybe spoil other teams' plans 
later on this year. Yep, four and five. It isn't over. And uh, look, Bill Belichick, he ain't going to give up. You know, we, Cam, we love him. We're rooting for him. And you know he wants to win. He gives it his all every game. You know, we got to get a special award for that guy. You know, maybe the Hart Award. Really amazing. Monday Night Football was rather boring. You know, you got Vikings and Bears. I bet a lot of people didn't even watch it. Uh, somehow I managed to stay awake for the entire game. Mm-hmm. And sport Vikings, we, yeah, I know, right? Saw the Vikings win 19-13. This game that I I knew, and I was talking to people throughout the week. I was on um, uh, BS3 Radio, Damian. We were talking about it. I said, look, uh, don't pick up Dalvin Cook this week. It's not his week. He ended up rushing for 98 yards, but we knew the Bears were going to hold him down. So it was on Kirk Cousins to win the game, and he did. Not like he had this boom, spectacular game or anything, but he threw touchdown passes to Thielen. Got Jefferson open a lot, this and that. Kyle Rudolph, whatever it was. So Kirk Cousins got his first win on Monday Night Football in his tenth try. <laughs> I mean, that's like crazy. You talk about pressure right there, but got it done on the road against the Bears. And yeah, yeah. Here no, the I Vikings think the Vikings did. have a good schedule set up for them to make a comeback into the playoff race. Uh, I like how one of my bold predictions this week was Dalvin Cook would get a hundred yards. I was four yards short on that one. Um, <laughs> so, I so but like you said, the Bears defense is very, very good, if not great. And the fact that they're paired with this offense is a shame. Um, and I, you know, I mentioned earlier that I threw all my tomatoes at that offense. You know, they didn't, they didn't score a touchdown. Don't be fooled by that 13 points. Uh, seven points came on a kickoff return to start the second half um, by Cordero Patterson. So yeah, it's right. that offense is just inept yeah. and, Kirk Cousins did play well, but he didn't have to do much to overcome what the Bears are going to do. So it's, yeah, it's a shame that that defense is being wasted. And it's the Bears, like, I don't know if it's in their DNA or what, but their whole history is just ravaged by great defenses and bad offenses. And I don't know what they can do to change it. Uh, maybe yeah. just suck on defense one year so they can have a good offense. I don't know. But they just, <laughs> they're not able to put together a complete <laughs> team for something. Uh, they they just got to find that quarterback. And obviously, it's not Nick Foles who gets carted off because he's got a boo-boo. Uh, everything's all right now. I think they put a band-aid on it. Everything is fine now, Nikki. But, uh, yeah, again, the Bears can't win at home against the Vikings, who are not great. Yes, they're playing better. But, again, it's it's all in the quarterback. Like Damian said, they couldn't they couldn't move the ball on offense. And it's not like the, like the Vikings have some great defense, you know. No, but that's because, and I will, I will maintain this. I know there's a lot of hills you could die on. I will die on this hill. Nick Foles works yeah. in Philly, and that yeah. is it. Like what you see is what he is. Like I know he's a Super Bowl champion. <laughs> he shouldn't be. It's friggin' ridiculous. Don't get me started. But like. This is what he is. He works in the Philly system. It was something about it that just worked. And everybody that's trying to catch lightning in the bottle, just stop because this is what he is. And I understand you say, oh, Mitch Trubisky isn't, wasn't working. Was he any worse than what we see now? I don't really see a difference. Like, I think maybe he moved the ball a little bit better. But I will say this. Yeah, it is a shame, D, that this defense is so terrible because that's demoralizing. That's like, you know what? No matter what we do, our offense can't move the ball. They can't do anything to help us. So 
they're going to start to make mistakes and I'm sure they're going to get demoralized. And how do you stay motivated? Like, it's just, no, not I mean, a it's, great absolutely, it's absolutely awful. And you know what? I, I don't want to get into it now. We definitely could. Cause we're, you know, we got more games to go, but Nikki, you're a hundred percent right. And so is Brett Favre. So everybody get off Brett Favre. Yeah. They should have kept Nick Foles. Cause that's the only place he ever worked in. Even years before, he threw 27 touchdowns and two interceptions for the Philadelphia Eagles. Everywhere else he's gone, he's been terrible, whether it's Chicago, Jacksonville, uh, City, you know, you know, name the other half of the teams in the NFL, Damian. Yeah. So I agree. He works in Philly's system, and he's good there, but everywhere else, it's a hot mess. Yeah, no, definitely. And Nick Foles, you know, he fooled a lot of people into getting him a lot of money. So kudos to him for that. But outside of that, yeah, Philadelphia is where it worked. Uh, I don't know if they could have kept him and Carson Wentz. You know, money-wise, it wouldn't have worked. But it would have been interesting to see if they would have chosen over Carson Wentz, what Philadelphia would be doing right now. Yeah, he freaking Foles probably would have taken $3 million and be happy. But whatever, another story for another day. Look, let's get to our games. Two more before we take a quick commercial break, and then we come back with a whole lot more good stuff. Man, play a play and knowledge with Nikki, all that great stuff. Can't wait. So, speaking of the Eagles and played for them now, Nikki, your Giants won the game, like we said, 27 17. And like I said, Danny's uh, stopping on dimes instead of throwing them. And like you mentioned, uh, uh, D, Nick Foles. Uh, Nick Foles, excuse me, Doug Peterson, beyond frustrated. Uh, it, just a mess with Philly. Giants looking good. Things that are going in the right direction for you, Nicky, right now. And that game was maybe even a jumping off point. I hope so, because there's nothing I love more <laughs> than watching my Giants beat the Eagles, because I hate the Eagles with, like, the fire of a thousand suns. I just hate this team. I don't want to say I hate their fans. I have too many friends that are Eagles fans and family members. But just, like, as a whole, I'm just – it's a big rivalry. We can't stand each other. But um, Joe Judge is coaching this team up, and it shows. And that's all – from where we were to where we are, I think that's all you can ask for, right? We're not world beaters, not going to be, like, this, like, Super Bowl champion team. But to see little improvements week after week after week is a huge step forward. That's all you can really ask for. But you know what? For me, I would like to personally thank Doug Peterson for his questionable decisions throughout this entire game. Thank you for not using Travis Fulgram as much and giving snaps to the injury-riddled Alshon Jeffrey. Thank you very much for that. Thank you for abandoning the run. Thank you for calling a draw play on third and 18 when you're behind in the fourth. And thank you for going to two, going for two, when you should have just took the extra point. Then you would have just been down three. So you know what, Doug Peterson? I don't know what hey, no you're doubt. doing, but well on said. Yeah, Doug Giants Peterson Nation, loves going you. for it on two. I don't know if he tried an extra point all season long yet. You're right about that. Really interesting. So I'm glad the Giants won. I'm not an Eagle fan at all. No doubt about it. Damien, let's get to our game before we take a break over here as we're running up against it. But, you know, we'll spend as much time as we need. The Saints, your team, beat my 49ers. Like I said earlier, it was 27-13. I'm not surprised about that. Let me say my piece, and then I'm going to hand it off to you because you won, you're the winner, and you're the team that has something to play for this year despite, again, Drew Brees being out for a couple of minutes here. 
look, I, 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 I don't believe that should have been a roughing the passer call. And I'll get your opinion in a second. If you want to cut me off, go ahead by all means. Drew Brees got hurt not because uh, Street landed on him. He got hurt because Street hit him with 275 pounds of force going at 18 miles an hour. That's going to hurt. That's like getting hit by a car, okay? So that's how he got hurt. Never should have been rough in the passer, but I saw a ton of other missed calls, neglected holding calls on both sides. But I'll say that Jordan Reed, that one-handed catch is pretty freaking awesome. That was phenomenal. So that was our one bright spot of the game. The 49ers special teams were anything but special. And after the first couple of drives for the Niners, the Saints switched up the defense. They changed it around. The flow of game changed. The play calling changed for the Niners. Everything started throwing it downfield. You guys made it switch up our game plan when we look good, even for a few minutes there in the first quarter. But um, look, that's what coaching does. And uh, Drew Brees put up enough points before it started to matter. So New Orleans, no doubt a better team. They got stuff to play for. They're right there with Green Bay. We'll see what's going to happen at the end. Um, but yeah, uh, you guys took us out of our game. With our play calling, we could have stayed in it if we were running, you know, doing sweeps or whatever it is, giving the ball to Brandon Ayuk more. But we took us out of it. Your defense did what they had. And things were complete. Going yeah, now you definitely explained it perfectly. I do agree that that should not have been a rough in the passer. Uh, Sometimes in football, big people are going to hit little people and the little person may get hurt. And um, (laughs) and if the little person is 41 years old, it adds even more of a chance of them getting hurt when that happens. And unfortunately, that's what happened to Breeze. And he was already hurt going into the game now that we found out he already had fractures on the left side with his ribs from the Bucks game. So that just, you know, added even more to it. The fact that his right side was probably carrying more now to make sure, you know, trying to compensate for the left side. And that's how we get the punctured lung. So I definitely agree with you there. Um, one that they did miss, there was a hit wow. on Traquan Smith where he got knocked completely out. Yeah. It was helmet to helmet clearly and they didn't call it. Yes. Um, that was one that you have yep. to catch there. Um, but speaking yep. of catching both teams, man, catch the punt, catch the punt. <laughs> Like it just because um, we muffed a punt as well in the game. Um, you guys muffed two. Uh, our shout to Callaway number twelve for the Saints because yep. he recovered both fumbles on those occasions, which kind of was a turnaround in the game. You know, because you guys defensively were doing a good job against us. You guys were up ten to three on when a muff punt happened, and then we got the ball. Um, that's when the hit happened, but we were able to score a touchdown. And shout out to Drew Brees. The fact that he stayed in the game for a little bit after that is nuts. Like the fact that he didn't come out immediately when you're having trouble breathing, got a punctured lung. I just can't imagine trying to throw a football when I can, you know, I'm having trouble breathing and my ribs are cracked. Like, so his, you should never question the toughness of Drew Brees. That's one thing that people should not do. Uh, Cause people were saying that he looked like he was about to cry on the sideline. Of course that's painful. (laughs) <laughs> like I've I've been about to cry as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. So for me, you know, yeah, it's a right. usually I do a real loud. <laughs> yeah. Who that said they're gonna beat them Saints? But this one's a little lower because it was an ugly game that we you know we beat you guys JV squad. And like I said last week, it's a little disappointing. I wanted to get revenge against you guys at full strength. 
um, from last year's amazing game that we had that we fell just short on. Um, so I just feel sorry for you, you know, 49ers fans like yourself because it's a rough year when injuries are taking your team completely out of it. And that's what happened to you guys this year. Well, you know what? That, that's that's spoken like a true football fan. You want revenge. Uh, give, give me your best. Same way. You know what? When I'm on the court, when I'm playing ball, uh, whatever it is, I, I want your best. And I'll take the worst team because I want to be challenged. So I love that you said that. That was great right there. Uh, before we take a break, Nikki, I don't know. Did you see any of the game? Is there any, any takeaways? <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, you guys said it all. <laughs> I can't follow this up. Nope, no way. But, yeah, no, shout out to Drew Brees. That is one tough <laughs> SOB there because God knows I'd be crying. I cry, like, if I get a paper cut. I mean, paper cuts really hurt. <laughs> like, you slice your finger real quick, open in a letter, manila folder. Oh, so, yeah, cracked. What is it? Three cracked? Yeah, no, yeah, that's. Yeah, and you made a very good point him, at 41, tough as you know, taking that hit and everything like that. Yeah, that that's even a better point. Really good job. All right, you guys listening to Third and Three Podcast. We are having a blast. I hope you are, too. You can always hit us up at Twitter, at Third and Three Podcast. We'll give out our Twitter handles later. We're coming back with Mount Playa Playa, our top four sports-related jobs that we covet. All right? So it could be anything from a position, a team, uh, an, an announcer, whatever. You'll come back. Come back in 60 seconds. You'll hear everything. Hang in there. Wait. You're going to love it. Third and Free Podcast, right back with you. One thing to say. I don't know how it skipped before, but that's the favorite part of the whole thing. All right, here we go back on third and three. We've been going through the games of last week. And, uh, yeah, we really get into it over there. There's no doubt. So things get a little bit more sped up now as you go to Mount Play a Player. We got knowledge with Nikki. We got our freaky fantasy football draft and our week 11 picks, a few bold predictions. So you're going to love this stuff, man, especially with fantasy. You need that knowledge. You go to Knowledge with Nikki for a lot of things, but we're all going to give you a whole bunch of knowledge right now. So let's get on with this football action over here. Let's get a little crazy in the club. We go on Mount Play a Player style. Let's do it. All right. So like you heard me say before, as I lost my music for a second, like you heard me say before, we're going top four sports-related jobs that we covet, that we like, well, whatever it may be. So we're going to go from four to one. We're going round table style. And I can't wait to hear what my co-host got. Damien, how about you? Yeah, so my number four sports-related job that I would like to do or had a dream of doing uh, would be a color commentator. I think that I would be really good at being a color commentator on either football or basketball or do both. And I think that I would add a flair to it, uh, definitely have some fun with it. 
and it wouldn't be your normal just oh pick and roll dunk. Uh, it would be I would be <laughs> it would be very exciting. <laughs> nah, definitely not. Uh, you know, somebody gets dunked on. No. I probably would add a quantum leap in there you. when somebody gets jammed on. Did you see that quantum leap? When he, when he jammed on him. So I would definitely throw, throw that in there as well. Uh, football, I, would, I think I'll be pretty good at that as well. I think football is a little more difficult than basketball, though, because football has so much to break down as a color commentator. Um, that's why Tony Romo gets paid so much yeah. to do it, because he's so good at breaking down everything and making it easy to understand for fans. Um, for basketball, it's a little more simpler. So I probably would do basketball if I choose one, but color commentator is definitely one of the jobs that I still – maybe, you know, I'll try to do one day. Yeah, that's no doubt. Yeah, you never know, right? You should. <laughs> You'd be great you. at that, D. You would really be great at that. You should. I, I totally, How come you don't have that job? Who's, one thing that's very hired. important in that is wit and being able to speak on cue and knowing what's going on. And obviously, you listen to this show. He knows how to do that. So, yeah, D, I think you'd be wonderful at that. All joking aside, I think you'd be great. No question. All right, Nikki, how about your number four? Well, speaking of wit and speaking on cue, I mean, it's a little on the nose and obvious, but I like just to get paid to do our show. (laughs) That is probably the most realistic uh attainable <laughs> one i have on my list because I mean, everyone's a little lofty but um but our show as we do it like i don't want mainstream because you gotta be like politically correct and i can't always promise i'm gonna be politically correct or not curse or toe the line like we just say what we gotta say and it flows and it works so i don't want no restrictions either on the show now because we don't rehearse anything we talk for like probably five to seven minutes a couple days before and we just shoot some ideas and literally we just hop on and record so that takes talent right because I'm sure a lot of people rehearse we do a little prep I know we all prep but I like to get paid for this show so I hope one day uh, somebody will out there definitely. show up and we will get yeah. paid lots of money oh how beautiful that is yeah no definitely <laughs> I agree right uh, we definitely deserve to I think I don't think we're too far from it you know I think that you know either by ourselves or somebody picking us up eventually we will be making money from this show uh and you know my show I've made a little bit money here and there so it's something that can happen now hopefully one day we can do this full time I want to get to that point hey you know yeah yeah look any of you uh you know three four letter yes, networks out there you guys really would be lucky and uh yeah we're not just uh you know pulling our own chain over here or whatever it is and giving ourselves a slap on the back but if we only quote unquote prep which is really saying hey, do these topics for five minutes could you imagine what we could do with all you <laughs> fools in your boardrooms and everything like that and going over and this and i'll take this part and that part give me a break give us a show Give us the money, give us the dough, and we'll let you know. Nikki, I. We don't even do that, Jay. Like, we, I mean, we have, like, to, That's true. how they say, peel the curtain back. We don't even rehearse That's who's taking right. what part. That's true. Like, and we'll you know what's so funny? Cue, when we were texting the other day, when do so... you want to talk? What did I say? <laughs> should we talk or should we wing it? <laughs> it didn't matter. Yeah. 
So literally Seriously. our conversation I'm glad you brought that up like for real minutes you know, like, imagine if we actually did have the technology and all the, you know all the resources <laughs> that they that they did so I'm with you show me the money I wish I had that thing ready well done right there I like that a lot all right I'm gonna give mine in there also which is a little different than my top three which are all major real deal but I would love to work with and be part of LeBron James entourage with what they do, not just in sports, but everything they do for the community and they go outside, whether it's in music, um, all that sort of stuff. Damian, Nikki, you guys know what I'm talking about. They're all for good, you know, to be with Maverick and whatnot. I love what they do. So obviously you're having a great time being with them and being part of that entourage, but also what they do for sports, what they do for the kids, building schools, all those sort of things. That's something I would love to be part of. Absolutely. That's me giving out my heart and also me getting to say, hey, you know what? I hang out with LBJ over here. It's pretty cool. You know, we do our thing. And uh, I think that would just be absolutely awesome. So not exactly a sports related. I mean, sports related, not exactly a sports position, but. I guarantee you my next three are, but yeah, no, I can understand why you say that everybody from his entourage or from his group has succeeded on their own. Uh, Especially when you look at somebody like, uh, like everybody in that group, right. That has gone on to do major things. Uh, Rich Paul is one of the biggest agents, if not the biggest agent in the world right now with clutch. Uh, You can't look at an NBA team right now and not see a clutch client on a team. Uh, the Lakers are full of clutch clients, right? So when you look at what they've been able to do all because of yep. being surrounded by LeBron James or being around LeBron James, I can see why you want to be a part of that group. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, uh, I definitely would. I, LeBron, if you're listening, man, I'll, I'll give you my number. Just hit me up on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Nikki, that'd be pretty fun. Huh? Free and available. <laughs> That would be fun. I think it would be great at that. And they do a lot for the community and for the kids. So I think you'd be fantastic at that. You guys both picked the uh, really good, oh, well, attainable, you. You very much. suitable all right. All right. Very positions cool. for your You know what? Team. I'm going to do a snake it. I'm going to snake it around because I'm going to piggyback off of you, Nikki. Not obviously necessarily our show, which is a much better idea than what I had. But to be a host or even a co-host of a football talk show, where we can go back and forth the way that we do and try not to hold back as well and, you know, be loose with it. I would love it to be on TV or national radio or something like that, because I just feel like the three of our voices, it's not that it needs to be heard. It's that it's fun to be heard and you get knowledge with it. It's a fun show. That's why people listen to it. So I think that the the three of us, if we had our own football show, even basketball in there, whatever we wanted, would be amazing. So to be the host of my own show, or again, even co-host like I am with you guys, which I am perfectly fine with being a third of a perfect triangle, it works great for me. So I would do that, Nikki, and I'm with you all the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I would love that as well. And I think <laughs> I like we would that. kill it. Did you hear that? You know, if, perfect triangle. But the, even if we had to be structured, we would know how to do that as well. But love the unstructured format. If they put us on like, ESPN streaming services where we could just not be any commercials, just us doing us. I think it'll be wonderful and that we would bring back numbers for them, you know, so they're listening. They can stop selling our ideas and just bring us on. 
Yeah, I know. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Just bring us on. You know, we're, we're pretty cheap also. <laughs> we're not asking that. <laughs> but you know what? Also, to your point, we're an hour and 15 yeah. minutes in and we haven't said one yeah. word yet. So bravo to you, Nikki, number one. That's a good, good. <laughs> yeah well okay i don't know okay i need a quarter jar <laughs> all right nikki how about your number three all right That's... my number three is oh, like an athletic director um so one of my friends growing up her dad was the athletic director for a very well-known university here not Rutgers, but uh, I'm not going to name names. Um, but anyway, I just remember being completely fascinated by his job from like a really young age. And I'm talking like sixth grade young type of thing. Um, so we've been friends for a while. And I remember just going to her house and she'd be like, I really think you just like to come and talk to my dad because I would just pick his brain. And I was like, I would love to just be an AD. And in his case and in this school, he was instrumental in getting the girls crew team going and the scholarship. And I know that they have their less glamorous side. It's compliance. It's firing people. And I fired plenty of people in my career here. Like, uh, so it gets easier and I know there's budgeting, but really they make such an impact on, and it would be high school level, college level, because really that's the program that's the most impactful and they really can do so much. I good. think that so, is such in another an life awesome somewhere. I, I remember I was director. talking to George Teague a couple of months ago and he's an athletic director for his high school in, uh, in, in uh, El Paso, Texas. He loves it more than anything in the world. It's a great responsibility. It's a tough responsibility. But it's a wonderful yeah, I definitely job agree. Nikki, I, love I think that. Nikki would be good at it. I don't know if I would be good at that job. It seems like a lot of responsibility. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I Nikki think Nikki could do great. it though. That's but don't sure. hire Nikki me for would that. Would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best part about him, folks. He's honest. He's honest. I love it. I so love for it. my number three, right, it's kind of a made-up position. Um but I, as you know, I'm a big boxing fan. And in boxing, there's a need for like a singular boxing commissioner. So you know how you have in the NFL, you have Roger Goodell, NBA, you have Adam Silver. I would love to be the boxing commissioner, right? Because yeah, yeah. In, in boxing, Ooh. there's so many people who have their hands in it from high levels. Right. So that's why you'll have times where you have, you know, fighter A who's fighting for this particular promotion company and fighter B who everybody, all the fans want to see fight, but they can't fight because their management can't work it out or ESPN can't get together with Showtime and make it work. And I would be the guy who says, okay, we're going to make it work this way. We're going to put it on both ESPN and Showtime. Whoever buys a pay-per-view from wherever gets that money. But this fight needs to happen. I would like Dana White does the UFC. I think boxing needs that and i would love to be the boxing commissioner to make sure that the fans get the best fights that the fighters get compensated in the way they're supposed to be compensated for taking you know their lives on the line every time so I'll, i'm a huge fan of boxing i have so much respect for boxers i want to do what's right for them so i would want to be the boxing commissioner 
Oh wow! 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 That's I, wait. So uh, I know, I know, like almost nothing about boxing. So they don't. So have that with boxing, the there's um, sanctioning bodies. So when you hear uh, someone say like they're the WBC champion, okay. that's a, a separate sanctioning body that is that okay. champions under, right? And also they have different promotion companies. So with say okay. for example, Canelo Alvarez just okay. recently became a free agent because he had a contract dispute with his management, right? So he went from being on the zone exclusively to now being a free agent to where he can go wherever he wants to go to fight. Sometimes when you have one fighter that's with say ESPN and one fighter that's with Showtime, it's hard to make those fights happen because the management can't get it together. They can't agree on who should get the most money, who should do this. And it is hard to do, even with, like, I've covered boxing for uh, promotion for different companies as far as writing companies, being a freelance writer. And even as a reporter, it's hard to get interviews because everything's not organized the way it should be. So, yeah, with boxing, man, it needs somebody to truly organize I think that a boxing commissioner will be needed. Now, of course, there's a lot of people that will get that spot before me. But if you're listening, <laughs> go ahead and give me that spot if you ever create. Because <laughs> I think I'll be great at it because a true fan of the sport wants to see the best for the sport. And I think I would do the best job at that. Well, I think that's an extremely well thought out idea because you're right. They don't have that. Nikki, like you were saying, there's like IBF champions, WBA, WBF, whatever it is. And they're all sanctioned by different uh, sponsors and whatever it is. And that's why we don't see fights like Manny Pacquiao and uh, Floyd Mayweather until 10 years later. You know, things like that. So he's exactly right on that. And they do need a commissioner to also, you know, make sure that the health of these guys. What a great idea that. A position that doesn't even exist that should, Damien. That's a fantastic idea. And again, we know that uh, you know those four-letter companies out there listen. So we know that that job is going to be coming happening very, very soon. Yeah, I, I hope- know <laughs> they're going to announce the position next week or something. Now, yeah. just consider the real deal right here. Yes, said- absolutely. Yes, I'm not going to be surprised if on you know Max Kellerman's boxing show next week he talks about being the boxing. <laughs> right. about that no jokes there you go Mac we love you babe but uh, make sure you give a shout out to third and three on that one sucker all right Uh, number two I'll go um, and this is where I'm going to get a little bit more you know specific you guys know I'm from New York and you know unfortunately I'm a Mets fan so let's pretend they're good for a minute I would love to be a pitcher for the New York Mets and for a lot of reasons one they're my favorite team Two, and this is probably the most important thing. Uh, I do like to be in control. You guys know I'm not a control freak at all. I mean, you can really attest to that. I mean, I, I don't care what goes on. We just have a good time in the show. So, um, but I do like to be in control of certain things. That's why I always like to play quarterback and stuff like that. When you're a pitcher, you're out there alone. You can basically win the game by yourself. Yeah, you're going to get ground balls, pop-ups. You're not going to strike everybody out. It's very, very rare that a guy strikes out even in double digits, but some have done 20, 21. But the point is, is that you're up there alone. You got your fastball, your curveball, your splitter, your changeup, whatever it may be. 
and you're thinking and he's thinking and it's brain to brain, mano a mano. You face each other three times. Now you're in the seventh, eighth inning. What is he going to throw? What is he looking for? A lot of it is a guessing game and you want to stay on top of that and you want to stay on top of the count. You don't want to get down 2-0. So the control that you have when you're a pitcher over your team is humongous. And that's why they're paid like that and coveted like that because you are the guy. When you got a pitcher, something like, you know, like Clayton Kershaw, for example, won the World Series this year. That's what it's all about. When you're in the in the infield and the outfield, you can kind of chill out a little bit because you know things are going to go really well. So that's why I would want to be a pitcher, guys. No, that's a, a great pick. If you are a baseball fan, if you grew up playing baseball, what's better than being a starting pitcher on a championship team or being a starting pitcher that's dominant at his job, right? Like imagine being someone who's on like a – remember the level that Jason Verlander was on a few years ago yeah. in, in that type of zone as a pitcher. Um, that's one thing that, you know, my, I mentioned my dad earlier. He played baseball in college. He was a pitcher and yeah. got to see video of him – dominating in that way and you can see why somebody would be attracted to that so that's a very good pick absolutely I, I think pitching is one of those very special positions in sports Nikki that it, it, it's different than anything else you can imagine so and again I like to you know it's not all about control but being up there you know man against man going through the lineup going through the pitches and having that game where you're in the zone it's it's a wonderful feeling yeah it's uh it's all you, right? That's <laughs> it's right. It really all is. you. Tremendous yep. responsibility. But I could see that. I could see that for you. I don't yeah. know about, I don't know. Do you have pitching skills or is this coming out of nowhere? So uh, well, maybe no. like I want to be an ice skater. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I can only, well, I, I can throw three pitches, but I don't throw hard. So I would never make it anywhere. And uh, yeah, that that's just to be honest. But when we played stickball back in Long Island, forget about it. I would kill stickball back yeah. in Long Island. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I, in college, nope, never, never even tried because I did not throw hard enough. And if I if I did try out, I would have got killed. That's that's the honest truth. I didn't throw hard enough. But well, uh, you know what? No, the Mets need a lot. The Mets need a lot of help, Jay. So you know, I, maybe yeah, I know. <laughs> I know how to pitch. I'm just not great at it. So there you go. So that's my number two. Uh, we'll be getting a number one soon, but we got two more number twos to go around the table. Damien, what do you got here? Oh, so for my number two, I'll have to go with basketball coach. So I'll love to be a coach in the NBA. I think that I'll be able to draw up some great plays. Um, the issue where it will be hard for me would be trying to manage NBA personalities yeah. and manage M NBA egos. I think that's <laughs> something that uh, NBA coaches don't get enough credit for. Like, imagine we've all heard the stories about what Phil Jackson had to do with Dennis Rodman and Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and, you know, even allowing Dennis Rodman, you know, okay, Dennis, you know, you're a different guy. Go to Vegas for a couple of days and come back to us. Like, we saw the last dance. <laughs> we saw that, how he had to manage that. And that's a very underrated part of the job. I don't know if I'll be good at that part of it, of managing people in that way. Uh, I've been in charge of people. I've been a supervisor before, but it's different being the supervisor of millionaires, right? Yeah. And that, that's something that would be tough, but I would definitely love the chance and I would love to draw plays for some of these talented guys. I would love to be able to drop a play for a LeBron James, Anthony Davis pick and roll and 
just imagine the things I could do with that. Like I've coached before I've coached um, little league and I do eventually want to coach high school, but I would love to get to the NBA and be able to coach those players and just see how my players will work with that type of talent. I think it would be incredible to be able to do that. I, listen, dude, I don't know why you think you wouldn't be good. I think you'd be freaking fantastic at that, man. You're a communicator. You know how to get to people, man. And you've, like you said, you've been in charge before, so I don't know why you don't think you wouldn't be good at it. I know. See, I think you'd be fantastic. You're very, like, you explain things very well, like the whole boxing thing. Like, I get it now, you know? So I think you could break it down, and I think you'd be just fine managing the personality. So I could see this for you. Oh, I appreciate that. So hopefully uh, NBA team out there, I know the draft's going on right now. So if anybody out there, the, the NBA's listening while doing the draft, go ahead and See if you can go ahead and pick up the surprise NBA coach candidate of the year. All right. <laughs> the, 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 the Knicks need help. The Knicks need help. The Knicks, the Mets, everybody. Yep. All these New York teams help. You're not kidding. All right, Nikki. Hopefully you're not talking about a New York team with your number two. I'm not, but maybe. <laughs> it oh, could, no. It could apply. No, it could apply. So I would love to be a sports marketing manager. That's cool. Um, yeah, so fun fact, I know I am a project manager, and I didn't intend for that. I did go to school for marketing, but I'm one of those stories where, like, you went to school for something, you got out of school, you started making money doing something else, and you just kind of fell into a different career, and you happen to be good at that. So I went all the way in project management, got my certification, I've been doing it for, like, nine, going on nine years now. But marketing is, like, comes natural to me. I love anything that has to do with promoting and getting the word out, sales. It just, I am drawn to it. I did major in it. I should have followed through with it. Um, but you know what? I'm happy with where I'm at. But I would love to develop marketing campaigns to engage fans, attract sponsors, work with the PR department. Like that is right up my alley. That is what comes so simple and easy to me. And let me tell you, there are a lot of teams out there that seriously need a marketing overhaul, <clears throat> the Washington football team, and <laughs> an injection of some positive PR that your organization is going in the right direction. So I am willing to freelance, okay? I will <laughs> I will offer my talents on a, you know, we'll say a consulting basis, if you will. But yeah, I would love to do sports marketing. Hey, I I think that obviously, you know what, you got experience in the area, so there's no reason why you wouldn't be fantastic at that either. I love it. I love it. These are great answers and ones that I wouldn't even expect. You know, you never know what you're going to get, but uh, this box of chocolates over here is working out pretty nice. I like it so far. Very, very good. All right, so are we all up to our number ones now? Yes. Okay, well, you know what, I guess let's just keep the merry-go-round going. Uh, I'm going to make it short, and you guys will not be shocked at all by this answer like i told you before i did play quarterback but i was never going to go anywhere my high, i'm 510 all right so i'm not Doug flutie i'm not kyla murray things were not going to work out that way for me and i understood that at an early age but i told you i could sling it i know how to play whatever i would be quarterback of the 49ers specifically but just the ability to play quarterback in the nfl would be amazing. Yeah, it'd be a tough go. There's no doubt about it. There's a lot of learning. There's a lot of training. There's a lot of everything that goes into it. And any sport that we would pick in any position that we would pick. But when you're a quarterback, 
you're like a god that walks around earth everybody knows who you are everybody loves it not that i need the attention or the fame or anything like that but being on the field with you know 10 of your partners at the same time in the huddle you break the huddle the clap is at the same time you get under center you know what the cadence is the play goes hut hut whatever and everything goes perfectly down the field and you know that things are working and your offense is clicking and your teammates are looking in your eyes and know that you can get the job done. I've had it before. It's a wonderful, amazing feeling. And when it's working, there's nothing better. When you're a quarterback, you're the guy. You're in control. Everybody looks at you. You're Peyton Manning. You're Tom Brady. You're Kyla Murray. You're Russell Wilson. That's who I would want to be. I don't take, I don't care how many hits I take as long as I walk out alive, but I would love to be the quarterback of an NFL team and specifically the 49ers guys. So when you talk about the control again, that kind of comes into it again a little bit, but playing quarterback to me is the best position in professional sports. I don't know if there's an argument there, but that's mine. No, that's a very good pick. Uh, Quarterback again, it's a very hard position because there's so much that goes into it as far as studying defense, all the work that goes into it, even before you make it to college. Like I cover high school football here in Arizona and what you see these quarterbacks do as far as going to different camps and all the work they do off the field nowadays to get ready for college or to try to get to college. And then once you get to college, it gets even ramped up even more to try to get to the pros. It's so much that goes into it, but I can see why that dream is there. And watching these high school kids play the position and seeing them live their dreams or play with the innocence that they have now, it takes you back to that time of having that innocence of just the love of the game. So I can see why you want to have that position. And I definitely would love to see you sling the ball one day, man. We got to play catch one day, man. Oh, I would love it. And I, I'm not lying, man. You would be like, holy freaking Mary, mother of God, this guy can really throw the ball. I'm not kidding, you know, but I, mm. man, it, really, it, it honestly was a dream. I was praying for a growth spurt sometime in high school so they would actually let me have a real shot at it, you know, like, a, a, but it never mm. happened. I remain my 5'10", or maybe even a little bit less to Nikki, so that dream will never come true, but it's a good dream to have. You gotta have dreams. Doesn't matter how lofty it is. You gotta have dreams. Yep, yep. It's a big one of mine, and at least I got my 49ers quarterback jersey to prove it so one day, so you never know. Maybe I'll fool fool a couple of people. Make a couple (laughs) of dollars. All right, let's continue with the number ones. Nikki, let's hear yours. Okay, my number one. I would love to be the owner of an NFL team. Not the GM. I don't want to be, nope, I don't want anything other than being the owner of an NFL team. I know, it comes with a lot. It is a headache. I know you got to deal with Listen, it's unlike any other business. You got to deal with tax challenges and accounting challenges and contracts. And it's probably, you know, you have team assets and non-team assets and stadium uh, leases. And there is so much that goes into it. But let me tell you, if in my fantasy land, I am rich enough to own a team, then you're damn sure I'm getting the best team around me <laughs> of lawyers and capologists and advisors. I'm putting a whole cabinet together to make sure I have the best team. And you know where it stems from? It stems from like the absolute love of the sport. Sometimes your love for something outweighs all the red tape, all the headache. 
Um, and I wouldn't be like the eternal roadblock that Jerry Jones is, but I don't know that I'd be like the silent owner either. I wouldn't interfere with operations, but I also think, you know what? Yes. Like being like a younger girl into sports, like there's nobody you have like female athletes you can look up to, but there's no, there isn't really no woman to look up to and be like, wow, she's a prominent owner of a team. Like I can do that too. So it's partly on the role model side. It's partly because I'm a little bit of a control freak and I am never in any position where I have to answer to somebody. They always have to answer to me. So (laughs) (laughs) I, um, I would just love to try my hand at being an owner. I may be young, but I definitely have business savvy, practically run a business every single day of my life. Got a little side projects going on. So yeah, in my fantasy land, I would definitely do that. Nikki, you would be the face of the franchise. (laughs) No question about it. Let's not kid ourselves over here. You absolutely would. And I can totally see you doing that. And it's a lot of hard work. And Damien, I don't know if I can handle it. Yeah, no, I don't know if I would want to be the owner. I would definitely want to have the money to own a team. Yeah, being the owner would be a lot of work. But again, I think Nikki can handle that because of her ability and her history of being able to manage projects and what's a bigger project than the NFL team. And I think that Nikki, Nikki would be good at that. And I definitely can see her as like a female Mark Cuban. Um, being, being one that would be... Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah, I can see you doing that. You would have your own show. Uh, I could yeah. I could definitely see all that stuff going on for you. So that's a very good pick. Very cool. I like I'm it. hiring you guys. I need director of player personnel. I need uh, I need an advisor. Head well, you advisor got a head coach yeah. right here, too. Yeah, I got a head coach. Yeah, you're <laughs> director of players. You handle the contracts. There you go. Scouting. I need it all. Maybe you give me a shot at quarterback at least, you know. Okay, I'll put you on the practice team. (laughs) (laughs) All right, D, close this out over here before we get to knowledge with Nikki. I can't wait. So for my number one, you guys have heard me talk about it before. I am a basketball player. Still to this day, I play basketball whenever I can. Grew up playing basketball. It was the sport that I was best at. So I would love to be the starting point guard for the New Orleans Pelicans. I am from New Orleans. That is my favorite team. And I would love to be the guy who led them to their first championship, be the hero in the city. Um, with, with me, like I was pretty good at basketball. I was on varsity as a freshman. And everybody thought I was going to be taller than I was. So I'm 6'2 right now. I was 6'2 at 13. I stopped growing. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. And I just, <laughs> so, <laughs> it was. Me too, at 5'3. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought for sure I was going to be the next Vince Carter. So at this time, when, you know, 2003, that's when Vince Carter was, you know, taking over the world. And you had also Tracy McGrady, those guys in the early 2000s. I thought I was going to be one of those guys, a wing player who was going to be able to score at will. And I stopped growing. So I had to learn how to be point guard instead of being just a shooter. And I just wasn't quite good enough to make it to that next level as far as playing in college. But I did get to play in the Navy and play against some international teams. So that was a great experience. And now, even when I play now, people say, oh, why didn't this guy play in college? I have those type of days, right? And then I'll have a next day where I can't make anything. They'll be like, okay, I see why. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, that was was the ultimate dream. Uh, And when I realized I wasn't going to make it, it was in high school. Uh, played against DJ Augustine, who is a backup point guard in the NBA right now. And yeah. 
Sure. You when you play against NBA talent, you see the difference. And I'm, yes. oh, I'm I'm not there, right? I still I think I could have played in college if I would have pursued it harder. But NBA level, I never was at that type of level. But that was the ultimate dream to be a starting point guard for my hometown team and lead us to a championship. I do it on 2K every year just to relive it. Uh, so. <laughs> But that was the ultimate dream right there to be a starting point guard and make the money. So, yeah, just, you know, right now I'm 30 years old. So if I was an NBA player, I'd still be in the league. I'd be making this crazy money that they're making now and have my family set for generations and generations. So that's also a big part of it as well. Yeah, yeah, that'd be huge. I'd be set for generations, too. I know you hooked me and Nikki up. I know you would. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, definitely. Oh, I love it. That is, you know, I find very interesting I feel like we all picked four things that each one of us are very suitable for, whether it's like a lofty dream or not. We'd all be very capable at the things we picked. I think that's a very good. Yeah, no doubt. And even the ones that don't even exist that will soon because of Damien, there's no doubt about it. Having a box, one commissioner, it'll be amazing when you take the crown and you actually do that. Wow. That was very, very interesting. I had no idea how that was going to go. I knew it'd be fun. That was that was a lot of fun and really cool to hear you guys uh, you guys answers right there. I did not know what was coming. Obviously, we don't know what the hell is going to happen. And that was really, really good. I like the surprise. That was excellent. All right. Cool. Let's move on to our next segment where things get absolutely freaking nuts. And you know what it's all about. It is time to get seriously tricky. This piece is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right. On top of tricky. It's the place. Here we go. It's to rock around, to rock around. That's right. On top of tricky. This is knowledge with Nikki, and it is everything tricky. It gets amazing. Damien and I are baffled every week by what comes out of our mouth, but we can't wait because we get that much smarter. It is time. Nikki, I know you're prepared. Damien and I are just scared, but let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Don't be scared. We're going back to sports this week. Oh, oh we're going up. Yeah, we're going back to sports. Oh, All right. I- so NBA draft is right now, correct? Yes. Uh, you got it. Okay, so kind of like how we did the MVP, because I liked how that flowed. I'm giving you guys five years each, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. I'll give you the year. You give me the number one pick. If you need it, I will give you the team, but that's it. Okay, so we're we're going number one picks, and we're going through the decades. Is that it? Yes, and it's all NBA, yep. Okay, interesting. All right, Damien, I know this one's up your rally. I'm gonna have to keep up over here, bro. I'm, I'm no, I'm still a little nervous. We'll have, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> As am I, my friend. Don't take. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, well, let's get ready to hear some names we may not have heard before. Damien, is it my turn or your turn first this week? Um, it's your turn to go first this week. Oh shit! All right, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jay. Please give me the number one pick in the 1964 draft. Oscar Robertson. No. Do you want to try? Uh, John Havlicek. 
Jim Barnes, New York Knicks. Mm, New York Knicks, my team. Ah, okay. All right. All right. Didn't get the 60s. Here we go. All right. 1973. Okay. 73. Now, this is the NBA. This yeah, all number ever. Yeah, it's all number ones. And it's all NBA, correct? No NBA stuff. Just okay. <clears throat> Moses Malone. Uh, no. D, you want to try? And that was seventy-three. Correct. Seventy-three. I'm gonna go with. Uh. Mm, I'm gonna go Bill Walton. Doug Collins. Ah, oh, that's a good one. 76ers. Oh, that's a good one. I'm mad. And you know what? Bill Walton was a good answer. I like that. You scared me for a minute. <laughs> Might have got it. <laughs> Everything would have went flying across the room. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jay. Let's go to the 80s, okay? All right. Give me 1987. Okay, 1987. This may take a second to think about. Um, the number one pick in 1987. Um, hmm. I don't know if he was the number one pick. Um, This is ooh, this is a good one. This is a good question. Um, 1987, number one pick. I don't think it was him. I think it was. Was it, uh, was it David Robinson? It was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. I'm proud of myself right now. Yeah. <laughs> nice job. <laughs> yes. I'll say that. That's a, that was a good call right there. Thank you, brother. Yeah, Thank that's you. Good. All right. Nice job, Jay. Thanks. All right. Let's roll on to the 90s. 1993. You know what? I think I got this. I don't want to jump the gun, but I might have it. Um, oh boy, the year, the year, 1993. Anthony Hardaway? No. Ah! You want to try? Yes, he was very close. It was Chris Weber. It was. Oh, yeah. wow. Good job, <laughs> Oh, good job. What yeah. was Penny drafted? He was number two. He was two. Oh, damn. Oh, <laughs> great job, D. Okay, tied up. 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. All right, moving on to the 2000s. Final year for you, Jay. 2007. 2007. Okay, 2007. Four. We had... 2007. No, that wasn't him. Um, was it Durant? No. Uh, Do you want to try? He hasn't been in the league that long. That was stupid. Uh, 2007. Oh, actually, he has. I'm going to go with Greg Olden. Yes. Oh, that's who I meant. The number one pick. I, oh, man. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You did that twice with the number two pick. <laughs> I, I, 
he was the number one, Greg Oden. And you know yeah. what I'm thinking in my head? I'm I'm so stupid. I'm thinking rookie of the year instead of number one pick. I'm an idiot. Good job, <laughs> dude. Good job. <laughs> I'm so stupid. I can't believe I did that. I would have got it. But good job, D. Thank you. Thank you. All right, D. Here we go. We are starting off with the 60s. We're going to go to 1967. 1967. Uh, I'm going to go with... Hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with George Gervin. No. Oh, that was, Jay for the steal. It's a good shot. Um... Was it oh, this might be too early? Um, um, 67. I just had somebody in my head that I wanted to say, but it isn't him. It's could be Elgin Baylor, no, Jimmy Walker, Pistons. Okay. Uh, I should know that because that's Jalen Rose's dad, and he always talks about that. Uh. Right? That, that, you, <laughs> you said exactly what I was thinking, brother. Good point. <laughs> All right. On to the 70s, D, 1976. 1976. Okay. Uh, it's a player who I want to go with, but he spent some time in the ABA, so I don't know if he was picked in the NBA draft at all. That year, I was thinking four. Um, seventy six. Uh, was that was that the Kareem Abdul Jabbar year? No, ah. I purposely did not do that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> this is a shot in the dark. Is it Dennis Johnson? It's John Lucas, Houston Rockets. Oh, okay, okay. Good head coach, too. Good head coach. I remember his, All right. his son got dunked on by LeBron James. I do remember that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the 80s, D. We're going to 1982. Oh, 82. Hmm, 82. I'm going to go with 82. Mm, it's a tough one. Yeah. Um, I feel like it wasn't somebody memorable. Was it uh, Ralph Sampson? No. Ah. Jay, you want to try? Was it Dominique? James Worthy, Lakers. Ooh. Oh, very memorable player. I apologize, James. Yep. <laughs> yeah, go to watch. Yeah, sorry, James. Pop it, James. Pop it. Sorry, James. Yep, 82. Okay, a couple years before, uh, one year. No, two years before MJ. That's right. Yeah. All right, Nick. All right, we're on to the 90s. Uh, D, 1991. Oh, 91? Oh, who was 91? That's a good one. Uh, and you skipped 92. I thought I was gonna get an easy one. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> 91. Uh, very strategic how I picked it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 91. Hmm. 
I'm it's going to one. go. Yeah, it's a it's a tough year to remember. Um, because the years around it are so memorable. I'm gonna go with ninety-one. Was it Larry Johnson? It was. Yes. Oh, great job. Nice job. Go, bro. Nice job. Nice job. Grandmama. All right, D. Right. <laughs> great job. I didn't know that. Good for you. Nice job. One more for you. 2006. 2006. Oh. That's another one of those forgotten years right there. 2006. Hmm. I think I mean 2006. Uh, I'm going to go with. Man, um, 2006. I'm really drawing a blank right now. I'm going to go with. I'm trying to think back to that draft. Uh, I won't take too long. I'm drawing a blank on it. I can't even do a guess right now. So you get to still, Jason. Yeah, I'm having a tough time thinking. I don't want to take too much time either. Um, Phew. Oh, six. Um, I'll give you the team. no, 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 no. I want to, I'll okay. give it a shot. Um, was that I could be off on this one, but was that Yao Ming? No, he was 02. Uh, uh Andrea, Barnard. uh, well, yeah, bust. Nice job, guys. <laughs> but that's so funny you say Yao Ming because he was my tiebreaker, just in case. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> Yeah. I forgot what year with I mean, I knew I was a little bit off, but I figured I'd throw it out there because I don't want to take too much time. The thing I'm so pissed about, and good job by you, D, is taking great Nice job, Thank you, Dave. thank you. Yeah, thank good you. job, Greg I knew that Odin was the first pick, and I kept thinking rookie of the year in my head instead, and that's why I said Garnett, uh, Kevin Durant like an idiot, but you got it, baby. Good job. Thank you, sir. Thank you. That was really good. I was, I was, because my NBA, I take pride in my NBA knowledge, so I was really feeling the pressure. you did good real good absolutely well done all the way around all right great job nikki i like those type of questions very very much very much so that's good stuff right there all right let's keep the good times flowing what do you guys say huh let's go all right let's see what we're up to now on the board as i know we got a few more topics left oh we do have our freaky fantasy football uh draft going on right now which we're going to have to do before our picks so let's go over last week i came in third did not do well but nikki and damien had a beautiful battle going on came right down to the end and damien edged it out by three points he is the winner of week 10 in fantasy freaky football draft so well done by you my brother that means that's why you didn't get 1990 <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. So, uh, D, you are going to go last. Nikki, it seems like you end up in the middle somehow every time. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> of course. 
but that's the way it's going down. And I will have the first pick this week. Um, I actually gave this some, some thought before we went in because uh, I need to redeem myself here getting third place after having a couple of wins in a row. So um, because of the matchups, again, it's something that you have to look at, obviously, but it doesn't always mean that it is going to come true. But I do like the Bucks this week going against the Rams D as long as they can take care of Aaron Donald a little bit. I think that Tom Brady's going to do pretty good with all those receivers back. So I'm going to go quarterback first, and I'm going to take Tom Brady. Mm, good pick. Means that, Nikki, you are up, and you can take any position, quarterback, wide receiver, running back, or defense. Oh, guys, this is getting <laughs> harder and harder each week. But um, I have not taken D-Hop yet, so I will take him against the Seattle defense. All right. So wide receiver, D-Hop. It's very hard to go wrong there, and he's going to come up. Actually, I'll even say it now. I predicted he was going to have a huge game. Now, he didn't have as big of a game statistic-wise, but I don't know what bigger you can do what he did at the end of the game. I said 150 yards and I think two or three touchdowns, so 127 yards and a touchdown. So uh, I feel pretty good about that one, and you should feel pretty good about your wide receiver, Nikki. I do. All right, D, you get two picks here, man. All right, so I'm going to stick with Arizona as well. I was surprised when I looked at my list. I didn't pick this guy yet. I'm going with Kyler Murray as my quarterback. Oh, you didn't pick him yet. Okay. There you go. All right. Good pick. And get another one. All right. For my second pick, I am going to go with a guy who I thought I was going to pick earlier, but I had to substitute him for an injury. So I'm going to pick him now. I think Michael Thomas has a big game against the Atlanta Falcons. Okay. Because yeah. he definitely did not have one for me last week. That's freaking sure. He uh, he he blew it for me last week. Otherwise, maybe I would have been in there with you guys, but didn't happen. All right. So you got Murray and you got Michael Thomas. That's a great way to start. Nikki, you got D Hop so far. So what's it going to be next? Um, I am going. Mm, I will take. James Connor. Okay, James Connor. I think now we all have taken Connor. Okay, let's see what he does for you this week. James Connor. Let me take a look at the schedule. Yeah, they got the Jags, so that's not a bad pick yeah. at all. Uh, definitely not. Okay, so now I get a wrap around over here. Let's see. Luckily, you guys haven't taken my picks yet. One, I knew you couldn't because you both took them already. So let me go to the guy who made a great decision last week and also could have had a lot more fantasy points. And that gentleman is Nick Chubb. I want to take Nick Chubb this week at running back. So let me write him in real quick before my senile self puts somebody else in there. All right. So we're going to go with Nick Chubb first with the Browns taking on the Eagles. I believe he'll have a great day. And my next pick is going to be... Let me just make sure I want him 100%. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to have to go with uh, where are they playing at, the Chiefs this week. They're at the Raiders, so I expect a shootout, and I expect Tyree Kill to get the ball in his hand quite often. So I'm going to go with Tyree Kill and Nick Chubb with my wraparound, and I got Brady at quarterback. We'll go over everything after. Nikki, you got D-Hop and James Conner. Quarterback or defense? What do you got next? Oh, my God. I don't even know what to do here. Uh, <laughs> let me get 
Let me get Miami's defense. Okay. Okay. Not a bad pick. Not a bad pick. I thought they were going to give me a couple of more points last week, especially with the way the game started uh, with the block kick and everything like that. So, yeah, you could be in for it this week. Miami's got uh, – let's just double-check on who they have this week. Uh, Nikki, it's uh, the Broncos. Yeah, uh, nothing going on with them too, uh, too special. So, not a bad pick right there. All right, Damian, you get to make your last two picks before Nikki makes hers and I make mine. All right, so I'm going to stick in Miami. I'm going to take their running back. That is – Salvan Hamad. I'm going to take him. Okay. Yeah. Pretty much the only one they got. So uh, not a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Plus I'm just running out of running backs here. So, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, for my defense, uh, I can see. Mm, yeah. It's getting a little, it's getting a little thick here the defenses, uh-huh. but I'm going to go with Minnesota's defense against Dallas. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> uh, good job, because that, yeah, I think that's a good call against Dallas defense, uh, even if Andy Dalton comes back. I'm, you know, I'm not shaking in my pants over there, so uh, yeah, the Vikings is a good one, and again, guys uh, out there who's listening, once we pick a player, we can't use them anymore, and this is going on since I think we started in week three. So we've gone through quite uh, a lot of players over here. All right, so you got the Vikings defense, Nikki. It's time to pick your quarterback. Oh, um, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? I will take. I'm going to take Cam Newton again. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. He was on my list in case I didn't take Brady first. So um, I like that pick. I like it a lot. Which means that it is time for my last pick, and Damien stole it from me. (laughs) 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 I got two backups. Uh, Which one is better, the Ravens at the Titans or the Packers this week, who are playing? uh, Somebody help me out. Who are the Packers playing this week? Why can't I find it? The Colts. No, I don't want to do that. Um, I think the Ravens would be the better matchup. And I'm surprised I hadn't picked them yet. I was going through. I'm like, I didn't pick the Ravens. So, you know what? With the Titans struggling, I'm going to go with the Ravens on defense. Kind of worked out. So, all right. That's our freaky fantasy draft. And our teams are Damian, reigning champion of this week. Got Kyler Murray, his boy Michael Thomas, Hamed, and the Vikings defense that he stole from me. Nikki, you got Cam, D-Hop, James Conner, and the Dolphins which I had last week, and I got Tom Brady, Tyree Kill, finally. I've been waiting like four weeks to get him. Uh, Now I got Nick Chubb as well and the Ravens defense. So uh, this could be a really close one right here based on matchups and who wants Yeah, I was thinking it's going to be pretty close. Oh, without a doubt. All right, so that's a very good draft by everybody. That's the Freaky Fantasy Football Draft of Week 11. We'll find out who the winner is in Week 12 when we come back. And speaking of coming back, We'll be back in about 30 seconds with our last segment. We're making our picks. We're going to do a little name that play of player action. So we're coming at you. Third and three podcast. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Don't move. Thank you. 
my man DMX right there. The heat is on. Are you really ready to fly? I could sing that whole thing, but I know you guys don't want me to. So <laughs> let's jump back into it. Three, baby. Let's do this thing over here. Is my man D going with the instrumental because the lyrics are very, very hard <laughs> for the show. We're not going R-rated or X-rated quite, quite yet. You know, we'll see which offer comes to the table first. So here we go, third and three with Nicky, Damian, and Jason. We did our freaky fantasy football draft. That was awesome. Having a great time over here. We are in our last segment of the night, which consists of our week 11 picks and a little bit more sports trivia with name that player and a few bold ass predictions. Last week, guys, I told you Justin Herbert is going to have his worst game of his short NFL career. I nailed that one. He even threw for less yards than I thought he was going to. I said D-Hop would have a huge game with three touchdowns and about 150 yards. Yes, I fell short of that, but I, I don't know how much bigger a game you can have with that. And my third one was the Giants winning the division, which we're going to have to wait for for a while. But, Nikki, they did beat those Philadelphia Eagles this weekend. Can you remember any of yours from last week off the top of your head? Uh, yeah, I whiffed on saying the Steelers wouldn't cover because I went off of facts. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should stop doing that. Um, I said that the Detroit Washington game would have at least six turnovers. I actually have no idea if I'm right, but it was dramatic AF. <laughs> and I said Antonio Brown would score two TDs. I think he got well, one, he, right? He played well. He didn't get in, but he, you know, he played well. Oh, I thought he, he got played in. Well, okay. So not, not too bad at all, especially with five, six other guys to throw to. What about you, Dean? So I whiffed on mine as well. Only one got close. So the one that got close, I said that Dalvin Cook would get 100 rushing yards. He ended with 96, uh, which still is very good against that yeah. Bears defense. Um, but my other two were definitely total whiffs. I said that Darren Waller, the tight end for the Raiders, would have 100 yards and two touchdowns. He ended with like 37 yards and no touchdowns. So <laughs> that one was Oof. definitely not close at all. And um, the other one I predicted was that Josh Allen would continue his quantum leap um, and have <laughs> over 350 yards. And he didn't have that many yards. But he did have a pretty good game. Yeah, that, that's not a bad one, man. Even though they lost the game, you're talking about Josh Allen and singularity over there. And he made the play to win the game. There was nothing he could do after that. So I think he hit on that one, man. I don't think you whiffed, bro. I don't think you whiffed at all. So we're going to make a few more bold predictions. But first, we want to get into these Week 11 picks, locks. And we're going to do a little NFL music for that. Let me turn D off for a minute and get a little NFL theme action in here if I can actually find it. But if not, you know what? I'll get it in a second. Let's get to the games, guys. The first one is Thursday Night Football, a rematch with the Cardinals and the Seahawks. This time it's in Seattle. And we know that Arizona won the first game in overtime. Wonder what's going to happen this time, guys. Damien, you want to take this one first? Yeah, I'm going to go with Arizona. I like what they're doing. If you believe in momentum, they definitely have all of it going into this game. Um, just only four days after the Hell Murray, they get to go play again. So I think that carries them to victory 30 to 24 over Seattle. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. So going over Seattle again, but this could be their fourth loss in a row. My goodness. How about that? Nikki, what do you think about this game? Oh, my God. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. But what I do know is I'm going to contradict myself by saying, why do I go off facts? But since 2012, the Seahawks have gone 18 and three at home in primetime games. So this is probably my last week I'm going to ride with them and Russell Wilson. 
So I have the same score, D, 30-24, but I'm just going to take Seattle. Probably okay. All right. You know what? Let's make it a trifecta, guys, because I also like Seattle in this game, 34-31, to 31, and that's amazing, uh, <laughs> obviously. But, you know, it's all going in that direction, the same score sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, it's going to be close, but I feel like Russell Wilson will not feel like he'll have to pressure so much in this game, and they'll get the job done in the end. And, again, it's harder for road teams on Thursday night football. So, all right, oh, well, we'll just to make sure, Jason. We got yeah, I'm going. There. No, Diesel, own region. Oh, I'm sorry. What was that last part? I apologize. I'm going to Arizona. Oh, you're going to Arizona. Oh, okay. Thank you, thank you, Damien. I would have put us all in Seattle. I apologize. So, you think Arizona's going to sweep Seattle, yeah. huh? Ah, okay. Well, very possible. And it, like, again, like I said, man, it is tough for, even though it's, well, no, it's pretty far, Arizona to Seattle. That's not really around the block. Um, they do have trouble uh, on Thursday nights, but again, the Cardinals are playing off the charts and Seattle isn't. So you are Lone Ranger, Damien. I apologize. You got Arizona. Nikki and I are taking Seattle. Okay. So that is Thursday night football. Let's get to the Bengals and Washington football team. It's in Washington, guys, but. I like the Bengals. Um, you know, I think they're ready to come back from a terrible loss. I think they'll have a really good week of practice. I think Burrow doesn't want to get embarrassed again, and I don't think Washington will do that. So I'm going to take the Bengals 28-17, Damian. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm going Cincinnati 24-20. Just don't believe in Washington as a team. And Cincinnati, even though they don't have the best record, they believe in that quarterback. They're playing with a purpose. Washington – I don't see the purpose there. Yeah, I am going to go Cincy over Washington. Okay, so that is a trifecta. That's a trifecta for sure. All right, our next game is Steelers at Jags, and they can play on Saturn or in another galaxy. It doesn't matter. It's in Jacksonville. I got Steelers 30 to 10. I don't even have to talk about it. We already talked about them before. Ben's back in the MVP race, 30 to 10 over Jacksonville. And you can lock that mother effer up. How about you, Nikki? You, you take a shot on this one and then we'll go to Damien. Uh, yeah, no, I got Steelers 31, Jacksonville 19. And I am All locking right. it Double as well. Double lock action. Are we triple lock? Clink, clink. Damien? Yes, yeah, triple locking it. <laughs> I'm definitely locking this one down. I got Pittsburgh 24 to 10. Well, it looks like Pittsburgh's going 10 and 0, guys. Watch the hell out. You heard it here. Yep, it's going to be a big win for them, man. Mike Tomlin does not take bad teams lightly, as we saw at Cincinnati last weekend. Watch out. All right. Next one, as I wet my whistle over here Patriots at Texans. All right. Um, we talked about the Pats, you know, coming back, playing better ball. They beat Baltimore. Uh, so a great coaching job. And the Texans have been doing terrible. So why should the Texans win this game? There's really no reason to. That's why I'm going to pick them to win 36-20. I think it's going to be a weird game, guys. It's in Houston. So I like Texans to win this game. I think that Deshaun Watson will have a big game. Um, you know, again, Bill Belichick likes to take away your best weapon and everything like that, but they got a few weapons to throw to with Fuller and Cooks, and if you want to go, um, you know, to Stills or whatever, one of the Johnson brothers. I think Houston somehow scores a lot of points this game. 
maybe gets lucky on defense a little bit, Nikki. So call it an upset, call it what you will, but I'm going to take Houston. All right. I don't have that much faith in Houston, so I have much more faith in Cam. He hasn't thrown an interception in three games. Um, And I think that they get another win here, keep their hopes alive. So I'll go New England 23. Okay, so Patriots on the road. Yeah, I got to go with the Patriots as well. That Houston rush defense is horrible. They can't stop. (laughs) They can't stop anything. (laughs) And if New England's going to do one thing, they're going to run the ball. So I can see New England just running up and down the field on Houston, uh, winning this one 17-13. Well, you guys make very good points. There's no doubt about it. That's why I'm saying line's going to be more flukish. Like, how did that happen? So just one of those gut sort of feeling things, guys. Next game is between a very disappointing team and a team that is not so disappointing this year for the first time in a while with the Eagles going to Cleveland to play the Browns. Um, guys, I like the Browns in this game. Because the Eagles are four-letter words all over the place, and none of them are good. I don't know how Carson Wentz is going to fly his Philadelphia Eagles and Doug Peterson's attitude into Cleveland and win this game. I think Cleveland's just going to run all over them, control the clock, like 40 to 20 minutes sort of thing. 24-15, Browns win game. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I got the Browns as well. Uh, I just can't trust Philadelphia. You know, they over here having a coach arguing with radio host. It's just all going bad. <laughs> so I got to go with Cleveland as well in this one. I'm going to go, I'm going to go 20 to 16 Cleveland. Okay. So we're in a close game, but could be Cleveland, Nikki, and it could be seven and three. What do you think? Yeah. Um, Eagles are ranked 26 Ooh, against God. the run. So I'm going to take Cleveland 24. I think you just Philly said it 21. all right there. Look for about 300 yards on the ground Wow. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, Teddy B, uh, I don't know the latest, guys. We'll probably find out more as the week goes on, as it's only Wednesday night right now. But Teddy B, I'm not sure if he's playing in this game. Lions at Panthers. I'm a little worried. And Carolina, yeah, they're playing well, but they're three and six right now. The Lions are four and five. I don't know how much the records matter that much. And the game is in Carolina. But what if Matthew Stafford has another really good game and Swift can do something? Call that another upset. I'm going to take the Lions in this game, guys, 30-19. to Nikki, am I nuts? No, you're not nuts. I was back and forth, but really the reality is the health of CMC. We don't know what's going on with Bridgewater. So I'm just going to have to go off the assumption that Detroit's running full force here. So I'll go Detroit 27, Carolina 24. We're on the same page there. Damian, are you going to Yeah, I got to be the lone wolf on this one. Anytime it's close – and you got to come down to coaching. I had to go the opposite direction of Detroit. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Carolina, even if it's P.J. Walker. I like him as a backup QB. I think he can do some things. He was really good in the uh, XFL. So I think that he can do some things there in Carolina, even if it's Mike Davis. He's injured too. But even if they have another running back there. And with Detroit, just can't trust him. So I'm going Carolina to win that one, 30-27. Yes, your hatred for Matt Patricia is just pouring out <laughs> all over the show. It's it's amazing. I love it. I love it's it. Great. All right, so you are definitely Lone Ranger on that one. Another one for you, bro. All right, good good for you, Damian, taking Carolina on that one. Nikki and I got Detroit. Our next game is the Titans, who have lost three in a row. The Ravens, who have just lost. 
to uh, the New England Patriots. Guys, I'm going Ravens 22 to 20. Something's got to give over here. I think the Ravens win this game. I think it's going to be really close. Titans, I think, come back playing tougher. I don't think that Derrick Henry has a big game because of the Ravens defense. But I think somehow, some way, Lamar Jackson does enough to pull this game off. So I'm going to take the Ravens 22 to 20. Yeah, this one was one of those games that had me in a quandary, if you will. <laughs> but um, I end up going with Tennessee 20 to 14. I just don't. I just don't like the way Baltimore is playing. Okay. It's not like Tennessee's playing much better, but with Baltimore, it seems like more of a a problem, more of a issue that's going to take a while to fix than in Tennessee. With Tennessee, you can say like, okay, there are some special teams problems, block punts, punts going off the side of the foot of the punter that kind of led to the momentum of the Colts winning that game in that way. With Baltimore, it's none of that stuff. It's structure stuff with the offense. You know, people knowing their plays and the quarterback talking about it in public. Those type of things can lead to bad things for your team. So I'm going with Tennessee to win this game. Okay, well, that's a very interesting point. I really appreciate that breakdown. Not bad at all. Don't try to change my <laughs> mind, man, but you came close. Pretty good. All right, Nikki, uh, your call. He's got – yeah, I got ball for. Oh, God. I know. I, I, I think this is the toughest game to pick this week because, like – they're kind of evenly matched. They kind of like evenly have the same problems. They're a little bit weird lately. Uh, but I'm with you, Jay. I think the Ravens have got to answer after just completely flopping against New England. I think they will, but it's going to be like just barely like doing enough. So I have Baltimore 26. Yeah, well, I know your husband would be happy with that. And uh, definitely the Lone <laughs> Ranger this week so far. So let's see how that keeps going. That could be a great thing for him, or it could be the total opposite. We're going to find out. All right. This one, I have a feeling we're all going to agree on, as the Jets, I don't know if they can fly. I guess they're going to take a bus to, <laughs> to L.A. and play the Chargers. So, not like the Chargers are a great team or anything like that, but to me, they're certainly better than the Jets. And maybe that haircut's going to be good for Herbert to get some of that sloppy, crazy fourth quarter crap out of there. So, I'm going to go with the Chargers, 34-22, to 22, Nikki. Yeah, I think Chargers get themselves a, a feel-good win. I have Chargers 31, All right, there Jets you go. Clink, clink. Locking this one in. Chargers <laughs> going in. I got them winning 30-17. to 17. I, I was close to locking it. I got a little afraid. I'm like, just what if something weird happens? You know, because they all the- – Yeah, a That's little true. bit. Because if the Jets were going to win a game, right? this would be the game. But – I hear you, but yeah, yeah, most likely Chargers. Yeah, we're, we're all on board with that one, no doubt. All right, this next game, uh, yeah, uh, could have been a lot more interesting when you looked at it on the schedule before the season started, but you got the Cowboys at the Vikings. Cowboys going the complete opposite way as the Vikings, so why not? I mean, I don't really have to think about it too much or explain it much. Guys, I like the Vikings. While I don't think they're going to blow them out, I think it's 25-17 score. And I'm definitely going to lock that in. So I got Minnesota, and you can clink that bitch in. I got the Vikings. What do you uh, got? For me, I got Minnesota winning 30-17. Like you said, no need to really explain. Dallas is horrible. Minnesota looks like a real team. Real team against horrible team. Real team wins. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's that's horrible right there. Well said, bro. <laughs> All right. What do you think? Any upset? 
No, no upset. Minnesota Excellent. 29, Dallas Excellent. 20. All on that one. And I am the only one to lock it up. Let's see if that comes to fruition. Next game I think is going to be great. Maybe even the game of the week. Packers at Colts. I can't wait for this game, guys. Um, I don't think you could lock anything up in this game. Because the Packers are going to Indy. Forget about the traveling. But the Colts with the great defense. They can run the ball. Yeah, Phillip Rivers, he can be extremely accurate when he wants to. But here come Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. And maybe even Alan Lazard again. He's going to get some playing time this week. Aaron Jones. What a great game. Defense versus offense. I take defense all the time, guys. I'm going to take the Colts in a close one, 31-29. What do you think, Nick? Uh, so Rivers is 1-3 and three against Green Bay. He does average a lot of yards, 372 per game in that matchup. Also, the line opened as Indy um, – no, I'm sorry. They opened as Packers' really? favorite, but they've – money's moved – yeah, money's moved to Indy. So, you know what they say, public goes one way, you go the other. I'm okay, take Green fair Bay enough. But Indy. I like your logical thinking right there. I am surprised that Green Bay was favored in this game. I, I think they're very – they're underestimating the Colts, but maybe they know something. Yeah, I this one was another hard one to pick. Like you said, you got offense versus defense, and normally – you go with defense because the cliche is defense wins championships. And it's a cliche for a reason. But with Green Bay, they have the X factor. They have Stephen A. Smith will say they have that bad man in Aaron Rodgers. And I think that yeah. Aaron Rodgers can't overcome that defense. Yep. And Phillip Rivers won't be able to overcome what Aaron Rodgers is able to do in this game. So I got Green Bay winning in a close one. Uh, had the score here as I find it. I had Green Bay winning 20 to 18 in a close one. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be a close game. I won't be shocked if the Packers win, but I like the Colts. I like their D, and I think they could do enough on offense and that running game that Green Bay is susceptible to. So I don't know if Jonathan Taylor is going to get action, but I know Naheem Himes is. And, yeah, he's more known for running uh, out of the backfield, but he can run the ball. Let's not kid ourselves. So game of the week right there, in my opinion. Can't wait. That better be on freaking TV. Otherwise, I'll go where I have to. All right. Maybe uh, hey, maybe this was the game of the week. This is one of the great games. Chiefs at Raiders, Sunday Night Football. Uh, wow. Okay, so we know the Raiders won the first game, which shocked everybody. It's the Chiefs' only loss. It came at Arrowhead, and now they're going to Las Vegas over here. You know the Chiefs are pissed off right now. I don't think there's any way they allow the Raiders or any team in the league to beat them twice in a calendar year. So I'm going Chiefs all the way. 41-31, and I am locking that down. I don't think there's any way the Raiders can beat them twice, Nikki. Nope, Lightning is not going to strike twice. I have Kansas City 34, Raiders 26, and I'm locking that she's talking about. All right, Yeah, Nikki, I'm going with Kansas City as well. It's hard to see them losing twice to the same team, but I do expect it to be competitive because the Raiders do believe in themselves. and have They went to Arrowhead and won, so they definitely believe they can beat them. So I'm going Kansas City 35 to 31. Yeah, yeah. It won't be surprising to be a shootout, close game, no doubt. Uh, like I said, there is another great game out there. Didn't even uh, think about that. Monday Night Football is going to be nice this week, guys. Rams at Bucks. So LA's got to go all the way over here to Florida, Tampa on the west coast of Florida on Monday Night Football. It gives them an extra day, so that'll help out. Um, this game is going to be very, very close in my opinion, guys. So we got Tampa Bay, who seems to have all their pieces now, and we know how much Brady loves Antonio Brown. 
and they connect, and uh, they're going to run the ball. We know now that I think they learned their lesson from that. But also the Rams are tough. The Rams can run. The Rams can pass. The Rams can score. The Rams can come up with gimmicks. So I think that this game could go back and forth or at least be a three-point game all the way through. But in the end, I think the home team will take it. So I'm going to take Tampa Bay 34-30 to in this one, Damian. I think they'll edge it out, but I think we're in for a Yeah, I'm right there with you. I went Tampa Bay 27-24. I think with the weapons they have, they'll be able to get the ball out quickly to where Aaron Donald will have the impact that he normally has in the game. And with the Tampa Bay's defense, with those linebackers being so good, I think they'll be able to slow down the run of the Rams enough to force Jared Goff to be that drop-back quarterback. Like I said earlier, when he's a drop-back quarterback, has to do the normal quarterback things, good things don't happen. So I think Tampa Bay wins this game, but it is a good game. You're right about that because Sean McVay loves to cut the field in half of Jared Goff, so that's very well said. My man knows what he's talking about. Nikki, what do you think? Bucks at home or Rams on the road? Uh, no, I'm going to take the Bucks at home at Tampa Bay 30, Rams 27. And just to throw a little fun fact at you, just something to marinate on. Did you guys know that Tom Brady goes to bed at 8 Really? Every no kidding. Night? I guess it's 3 o'clock in the morning. And, like, <laughs> I feel like he, like, kind of plays like that, right? Like, during the day, he's, like, amazing. And then you get these primetime games, ah. and it's like, wah, wah. It's because past his bedtime. So, something to think about. Yeah. I still think Tampa Bay will win. But I did hear Bruce Arians is changing their schedule around, making them stay up till 11 o'clock just super late so yeah i mean uh, maybe something to that but i think I that's really interesting out. i didn't know about that i didn't know about brady with his 30 thing and and th- you know you make a very good point with these done uh, you know sunday night football monday night football games even going to the giants it was a very close game wow yeah i guess what up mm-hmm. with them Nikki, that's time. a great point i like that yeah no, that's a really good point and it's one that you think about now all the old jokes come out when you talk about past his bedtime. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, right. No kidding. <laughs> all right. Let's keep the bad boy going. We have our last game of the week because the buys this week are Nikki's team and my team, the Giants and the Niners. Also, the Bears and the Bills all on bye weeks this week. So, uh, with the Bills can mess up a little fantasy action, but with the other three teams, you have nothing to worry about. Damien, this is your game, bro. Falcons at Saints. This is the game of the year for you, twice a year for you, every year. Um, let me just say to you real quick, bro, because you're, you're going to be the one breaking this down. I told you I don't trust Winston, but I do trust Sean Payton, which is why the, deci- the decision excuse me, is extremely difficult. I, I, I don't think Jameis Winston is going to lead him to victory, and I don't know that Latavius Murray is going to run the ball 20 times, and how often can he get it to Kamara? I, I don't know. I mean, you know, they probably will pull it out because Sean Payton is so smart, and he'll use Taysom Hill in certain spots. I went back and forth a lot, but ultimately I took the Falcons because of Jameis Winston, but I'm, I'm, double, I'm you know, I'm triple-guessing myself over here, but I'll officially take the Falcons by a field goal, 28-25. Nikki, what do you say? I am going to take, you know, I, um, I don't know. Falcons are 31st against the pass. Like, I think it's going to be a shootout, but 
I got a little bit more faith in the Saints, so I'm going to go Saints. I really don't blame you. Raheem Morris is doing a great job, Damian, but Sean Payton's been around the block like 95 times. No, that's one of the reasons I'm going with the Saints in this one. It's rivalry week. I don't think people understand how big of a rivalry this is. I've already been getting all the trash talk from the Atlanta Falcons fans because they've been playing well lately. They think they have a chance in this game. You don't. You don't have a chance in this game, okay? You're thinking because Drew Brees (laughs) is out, Jameis is going to throw interceptions to that defense. If there's any defense that Jameis cannot throw interception against or will thrive against, it's your sorry defense, Atlanta. It's your sorry defense. And also, we're going to run the ball. Now, I'm not saying Latarius Murray is going to get 20 carries. Let's say he gets 15. Let's say that Alvin Kamara gets 10, also catches the ball at the backfield. We're going to make it very simple for Jameis because we don't have to be complicated against that defense. Saints win. I'm going but this, 30 to 21. No. But with what you just said, knowing that, you know, then they're really not going to ask Jameis to win the game and throw the ball down the field too much. Do you think that'll be predictable enough even for a crappy Atlanta defense to take care of or at least know what's going on? No, I think because you still have to worry about the threat of Jameis throwing down the field. That's one thing that he can do that Drew can't do anymore, right? If you do like a play action, you have to worry about somebody like Deontay Harris going down the field, Emmanuel Sanders going down the field. Jameis does have a cannon. So you still have to be wary of that. So just that thought in the back of your head opens up the rest of the field. So I think that will be okay. Well, you're right. He's got a cannon. He's going to land, but he's got a cannon. (laughs) Did we do the Miami Denver game? All right. That was great right there. So, did we no, that's right. The Miami Denver game? game I skipped over, so thank you very much. We got to do Miami Denver because I know that that's one and that's a locker ruski. It's got to be. So let's go over it, guys. Nikki, you know what? Why don't you kick it off with Miami Denver? Uh, I, well, I don't have much to say. <laughs> Miami is the more talented team. They got momentum on their side. I'm going Miami 27, Denver 23. Okay, that's my final lock. That, that's, that's what I was thinking. So I'm like, I skipped over that Miami game. but I'll get Yeah, that. I'm going Miami Maybe. 28 to 20. Uh, Miami just playing so much better than Denver right now. That defense may have a field day against Drew Locke in that offense. So I got to go click, click. My final lock, uh, Miami 28 to 20 over Denver. Good for you guys, both locking in Miami right there. I am definitely picking Miami. Um, I did my locks already, which is Kansas City, Vikings, and Pittsburgh. We're going to get to yours in a second. But, yeah, trifecta with Miami. They're going to win. I think this will be their fourth or fifth in a row. I'm not even sure. But they're on fire, and two is amazing. And, uh, yeah, you got to love it. People are loving it down here right now. It's usually all about college football, guys, between the Hurricanes, the Gators, even the Seminoles. Uh, talking about some of the other schools like USF coming about, but people are loving the Dolphins down here. I got to tell you. All right, so we got our picks in. Excellent. We'll see who's going to win, and we'll see what kind of bold-ass predictions come in. I don't know if you guys, how many you guys wrote down, but I do have a few. Do you have one, two, three? I got three. three. What do you guys got? Okay, just making sure. Great. Let's do it. All right, uh, Damien, have a All right, so for my first bold prediction – I'm going to call it that I'm going to go for 300 plus yards and three touchdowns, no interceptions for Joe Burrow against Washington. And they have a decent defense, a, dis- a decent defense, excuse me. So I think that's a bold prediction there. Yeah, I was going to say it is a bold prediction because they do have a decent defense, maybe even more than decent. So 
I, I would go along with that. Absolutely. All right. Very nice. All right. Nikki, you got one? Sure. All right. For all you daily fantasy people out there looking for a sleeper pick at good value, I think he's about 6600 bucks right now, so you don't have to blow <laughs> your whole load on him. Um, <laughs> and I think we're going to get a similar performance out of him like we got last week. Go ahead, pick up Alex Smith. So last week, he threw for 55 passes, granted, a little dump downs, but he still approached 400 yards. Would have had a bigger week if he had a TD, but I think he's going to get that this week. So pick up Alex Smith for about oh, All right, not bucks. bad. Value pick right there. You might as well jump on him like Van Halen says. Got to jump on that right there for Alex Smith. All right, not bad. Good job. Good job. All right, let me see. <laughs> uh, my One of my bold predictions, and this is where I told you guys the score was going to be 22 to 20. The Ravens will win the game. And you know how that's going to happen? A safety. The winning, not saying it'll happen on the last play, but the safety that the Ravens will get on Ryan Tannehill in the end zone will be the difference of the game. So I'm telling you a safety between the Ravens and Titans will be the difference in the game, and the Ravens will win by two as a result of it. That's pretty freaking bold. I like it. I like that a lot. You know what? Because it's possible. Ryan Tannehill, he can stand there like a statue sometimes. He's been caught, you know. So, I think Bol- you know, Baltimore can run through and do something like that. So, uh, that's bold as hell, but I'll go with that. All right. Let's get the next so one. So, I already touched uh, on this yeah, one a little bit. Next one. Rivalry week here with New Orleans and Atlanta. And Jameis Winston, no interceptions this week. <laughs> Oh, okay. He's telling jokes or something. <laughs> the comedy or some crap like that. <laughs> James Winston ain't gonna throw it in stuff. Okay, yeah, if he plays for maybe thirteen seconds, but yeah, four quarters. I'm I'm gonna go way against you on that one, my friend. <laughs> Pick galore. It's gonna happen. Um, and I'm just playing. Around. Go ahead, Nikki. What's your, what's the next one? I don't know how bold it is, but I'm going to say Dalvin Cook will have mm, two TDs against the Cowboys and easily okay. run no, for it's still Look, you're playing against professional football players, so if you're going to rush for 150 yards and two touchdowns, you're doing your job and then some. So it's still bold, all right? Uh, I got the Cowboys and Viking games in there. I'll save it for last. Uh, my second one, I think that we're going to have a tie football game this weekend, guys. There's going to be a tie game. I don't know who the hell it is. I don't know which two teams. But I think we're going to have a tie game in the NFL this weekend. And if they do, then you can really honestly declare me the sports prophet of the universe if that does happen. So let's just make that be known if there is a tie game this week because that does not happen often once every couple of years, if, if that. All right. So that's two. Let's get For my third, third, my third bold prediction. I'd say that the Monday night football crew will talk about Tom Brady and avocado ice cream at least three times during the game. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I like that. No doubt. Avocado sitter going on over there. Hey, whatever works for the guy, he's doing his thing and making a whole bunch of money doing it. All right, Nikki, your last one. My last one is Sean Watson retires at halftime due to extreme frustration. <laughs> Which won't happen, but it's hysterical. That's great. I love that. 
Oh, that is good. That is good. <laughs> I alluded to the Cowboys and Viking games before, Nikki, as you were talking about. My third bold prediction is that we'll, there will be a combined six turnovers or more in this game. So is that bold? Um, yeah, six turnovers. That's a lot. So six turnovers in, in this game or more combined for the Cowboys and Vikings. So that's the way I'm going to go with that bad boy. And that is our three big-ass bold predictions of Week 11. Awesome stuff, guys. Love it. Nikki, that was really funny, that last one. Excellent job. We got one more treat for you guys before we get out of here and call it a night. It's just getting pretty late. We want to do a name that player. So we have a little fun with that. We give some clues. We try to name that player and see what happens. Yeah, so for my first one. This player was number two overall pick in the 2007 NFL draft who retired pretty early. Uh, He once led the league in touchdown receptions for a team who didn't win a game. Can you name that player? Yep. Can you, Nikki? I think you're thinking. Charles Johnson. Yeah. (laughs) I knew knew who you meant. So, yeah, that's correct. Calvin Johnson. um, He had 12 touchdown receptions (laughs) in 2008 for 0-16 Detroit team. I see why a few years, you know, when he had 30, he was just tired of it and retired. Oh, yeah. Just like Barry Sanders, right? Same thing. So I'm done with these guys. I can't take it anymore. You're not going to trade me. I'm freaking out. That's it. Yeah, he did the same thing that Barry did. Same age, different position. And both of them legends, no question. All right. All right. Excellent. Nikki, give yourself a shot in this one. I know you could do it. All right. Here we go. Let me get a little sip of my drink over here. All right, let's name that player. I'm a wide receiver who was a first-round draft pick in 2013. I'm a four-time Pro Bowler and a three-time All-Pro. I've played for two teams in my illustrious career. I've never missed a start except one time in 2017 and one time last year. I may fly on the field, but I came into the NFL growling like a jungle cat. Who am I? And I'll say it again while you're thinking. Wide receiver drafted in the first round in 2013. Four-time Pro Bowler. Three-time All-Pro. Played for two teams in his career. Never missed a start except for once in 2017 and once last year. And he may fly on the field, but came into the NFL growling like a jungle cat. Wow. Wow. Take that last clue. Think about that a little bit. I may fly on the field, but I came into the NFL growling like a jungle cat. Obviously, a great receiver with all those accolades. Came in in 2013. Yeah, this is a tough one. I'm trying to think who's played on two teams who's that good. Oh. Nikki just got it. Oh, who are you going with, Nikki? I got it. Dan- I think you I got it. Say it or do you want to I'm going. I'm, Damien, I'm what going do you think? D-hop. Would you say D Hop, Nikki? Oh, that's a very good Damien? guess. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to side with yeah, Nikki on D Hop. Absolutely right. That's correct. Flying on the field, but came in as a Clemson Tiger jungle cat. That's right. Okay. <laughs> he went to Clemson, right? Well, let's end on a high note. <laughs> 
let's do that. Let's do that. Let's end it on a high note as it is getting high in the night over here. All right. And uh, some other people got to get high. So let's get the hell out of here. Third and three podcast had a freaking great time. Absolutely love the show. Damian yeah. So the real deal, deal with Damian show, Adams will be coming back uh, probably tomorrow. Talk some NBA draft, NBA rumors. Um, I like to say this is the most rumor fill time of the year. The NBA offseason. <laughs> and this is, you know, it's a time for NBA fans where you're just hearing everything. So I'm going to talk about that. Talk a little boxing. We got a lot to talk about on The Real Deal. And I will bring that to you tomorrow. Uh, and it will be available on all streaming platforms. So The Real Deal with Damian Adams. And follow me on Twitter at The Real Deal WDA. Awesome. Can't wait to listen, man. And Nikki, make sure you know that uh, they know where you're at. You can find me on Twitter That's at right. Nikki Big Nick, time Giants fan. She's got faith. She knows they're going to win the division like me. All right. Third and three podcast. We gave you guys everything you wanted and more. Love it. Retweet it. Share it. All that sort of stuff. Go to third and three podcast. Give us a follow. We will follow you back. We are out for now. Peace. Good night, everybody. Happy football.